Ha, freaks and freakettes. We're back. We're back with uh, lots of stories because the internet is filled with uh, pleasurable news items. It's been a fun weekend, right? <laughs> it's been a fun weekend for you. Yeah. Brian uh, loves a cause. I know Brian is sometimes a bit aimless, and when he finds a cause, boy, does he get excited. And his cause was this gentleman who calls himself the Fat Jewish, or Fat Jew, depending on uh, who you ask. And uh, I, you know what's really fucked up? I was telling people to check out his Instagram, because I'm like, guys always got some funny stuff on there. I didn't even think about where it came from. Because to me, as a comic, I guess it's like a self-centered thing. Like, I think of, like, stealing jokes as, like, stealing, like, someone does stand-up and they do jokes. I never thought of, like, memes as jokes. But they really are, and a lot of them are from, like, an individual page. Like, there's a girl that he stole from that's really funny. And I went to her page, and it's all her own shit. And she's, what is her name? Uh, which one are you talking about? Um, I've, I've actually gone through the last 24 hours and have checked over almost 100 different people I've been researching. Well, there's one of the ones from. that you retweeted. Uh, one of the ones that I retweeted that you uh, put up, it was a, a girl, an attractive young lady with dark brown hair. Um, find it real quick. But uh, point being, these people, they, they you know... Before Brian was a stand-up comic, when I met Brian, Brian used to do like really funny videos. And there was a time where you, what is her name? God damn it, Princess of Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, 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 hilarious. Yeah, and it's super funny because I never even realized it. It's a smart one where uh, she posts a bunch of emojis, and it says "shout out to the snail for facing the other way." And because the one emoji animal that's not facing the same way is the snail. Yeah. And so he pretty much just copied every single thing she did and put it on uh, on his thing and didn't credit her. Yeah. Uh, there's time stamped, and that's another thing nowadays. Everything's time stamped. And so when I've been researching all these, a lot of people have already researched this uh, guy because he's been uh, doing this for a while. It's just never caught fire so fast as it did this weekend. Well, we were talking about um, you, before you, uh, before I met you, you were, kind of like a comedian on the internet before the internet was like that popular like you'd make funny videos right and that's how we became friends um but like that thing people don't think of that as being a comedian like you think of a comedian has to go on stage not really because if you're this girl or this guy right here davin that's uh, actually not magwood. the original person i found out this has Ooh. been uh, reported as davin magwood being the one that originally wrote this uh, lion tweet which is going to start dressing like a lion so the cops know that if they kill me white people will avenge me uh, that was actually written by something somebody completely different uh, and uh, that person's R Gay on Twitter, Roxanne Gay, and uh, I retweeted. So this guy stole it from her. Stole it from her. And but he was complaining that he wasn't getting credit. Yeah. <laughs> no. Really? I mean, this just happened. We don't just, know, though. We don't know. That, is that well? The timestamp true. The, the timestamp on R Gay is July twenty ninth, two thousand fifteen, and Davin's is July twenty ninth. Oh wait. 9.05 p.m. is his, and 11.44 a.m. is hers. Oh, so he saw it that day and stole it. Yeah. Allegedly. Unless... Unless she reads minds. Uh, well, Maybe unless, she's, like, time traveling. No, or, or that's what I was going to say. Or she, like, lives in Japan, and he lives in Hawaii or something. Does the time stand work locally, though? Doesn't it work locally? Doesn't no. it work in... Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I'm just um, kidding. Yeah. 
Well, that's fucked up that people are claiming they got stolen from and they how do people not know that this is going to get out? Well, the thing I, I've heard of Fat Jew for a bit and uh, he's been thrown on TMZ a lot. He's been mm -hmm. thrown on all these shows. He's one of those guys that I've always got like, how is this guy here? Like whose mom uh. and dad is, you know, this guy. But then uh, then somebody he got signed to CAA, which is one of the biggest talent agencies here in Los Angeles. And that immediately all the comedians came out of the, the woodwork. Like, wait a second. I can't even pay my rent. And this guy's just got signed a Comedy Central deal, uh, a book, uh, a music deal with uh, Apple. He has his own t uh, show on Apple Beats One, which is their new radio station. So they have a DJ who's just a plagiarist on, on their brand new, fresh station. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, there's actually been so many reports like from like you know the New York News Washington Post all these places have actually reported about him being a plagiarist for a while but really? it's 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 been one of those things where everyone kind of knew but it never the internet never caught on and so this is uh, amazing because like there's one report uh, which is you have to check out this website I sent it to you uh, it's on Storify. It's top 50 jokes the fat Jewish bogarted from the internet. And this was written, uh, uh, I wow. mean, it's just 50 jokes. Now, again, there's... This is the, 19 hours ago, so this is new. This uh, is new, too. This is all coming out while yeah. this is all going down. Yeah. And now the first one's obviously wrong that they have on there. And this is one thing that I've been doing the last couple of days. I've actually been taking these... Uh, <laughs> if you just put this much energy in your own life... <laughs> You, you would be so much healthier. Uh, Everything would be I, great. You would be totally off smoking. You'd be going to the gym on a regular basis. You're, you're right. Drinking water. You're right. But, you know, with the Carlos Mencia video, I did that overnight when that happened. Mm -hmm. And it's it's an obsession when, when it's something that's unique and, and, and I feel like people need to know about. And this, right. to me, is something that I can't believe has been going on for so long. And when I went to the comedy store last night and everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know about that guy. Yeah, he sucks. And I'm like, wait, you haven't heard what's been going on lately? Sandy Danto, he... Uh, uh, who's a comedian, a comedy store comic, a uh, paid regular. He actually had a bit of his, that his stand-up bit that he had taken and made it a meme. And then he called him out on it in the comments. And like a couple hours later, it, he deleted it. And the same thing happened to uh, Amir K, who is another comedian. Uh, so it's it's a lot of comics know about this. Well, it, right? He does have a bunch of interns, all right, or a bunch of employees. Well, that's what he's been claiming for about the last, I think, five years. Uh, he's been claiming that he has employees and, and 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 all these people working on his website. But you know, that's that excuse might happen once or twice. But you know, not. Look, this is list here is fifty of them, and well, I've already found that it, more it than could that. happen. It really could happen more than that. The thing about saying it once or twice is like, I'm not trying to stick up for this guy, but the reality of like sitcom writers, like Seinfeld stole not Seinfeld the man, but the show stole one of Kevin James' bits and did it on their episode. And this is when Kevin James was not known. Kevin was a friend of mine. Still is, but it was back then. And Kevin hadn't made it yet. He hadn't. It wasn't. He hadn't done King of Queens. He'd won Star Search, you know, and he'd been like on a couple of different TV shows. Um, and he had a big deal with NBC, like a development deal, do his own sitcom. So I was there. I went with him. He did this showcase for all these NBC writers. So what these showcases are, like they do these sitcom things where they would sit down. Uh, and they would bring, you know, all the showrunners from various shows that have deals with them. And they say, hey, we got this guy. His name's Kevin James. We just signed him. He's really funny. We want you guys to watch him do stand-up and tell us what you think. So they watched him do stand-up, and then they stole his bit. 
and use it as an episode of Seinfeld. The bit about muffin tops. Oh, yeah. Like, Kevin James, it was one of his signature bits. And this was a long-ass time ago, and it was before the show. And it's not the first time that happened. That happened a gang of times. It happened a bunch of times with a bunch of different comics on a bunch of different shows. They would have their signature bits turned into, um, to, um, like plot lines on sitcoms or gags on uh, In Living Color was a big one. Like a lot of guys claim that some of the writers from In Living Color would come down to the comedy store, watch guys do stand up like Handyman. Someone someone said that Handyman was something that oh, really? they had stolen from, not that Damon had stolen it, but some writer had stolen it. I don't know if that's true or not. But there's a lot of those things that happen when they think they can get away with it, especially if they can go down to uh, the comedy store on open mic night. Yeah, that's what a lot of people, there's so many random people that come to these open mic uh, places that mm -hmm. just sit there with their notepads just writing everything down or, they or be writing smacked. notes. Yeah. You should be smacked. If you want to sit in the back of the comedy store, I mean, look, they could always record it. They, you know, people do that on their phones anyway. They're always going to record sets. You just got to, in this day and age, you got to assume. I mean, when I was first starting out, you have to have a fucking actual tape recorder. You couldn't just sit in your pocket. Like, you could have your phone in your jacket pocket, and no one would know, and it could be recording. As long as the mic is up, it comes out crystal clear. I've done it in my back pocket. Like, I've done sets and just recorded it and stuffed it in my back pocket to see what it would sound like. I could hear everything. Hear did, everything. Did anyone ever used to take the old, like, Radio Shack box interview private investigator tape recorder, mm. like, the, you know, the huge yeah. microphone, and just sit it on the stool? Like oh, yeah, a, yeah. I definitely wow. saw people do that. Um, <laughs> I actually used to uh, have one that was a uh, mini disc recorder. Who the fuck taught me how to do that? Somebody, somebody taught me about it. He had it clipped to his belt. Uh, I'll try to remember who the dude is and give him credit, but he had a mini disc reporter clipped to his belt and then he had a line that ran up to like a little lapel mic and he would do all the sets like that and then store them all on mini discs. So I had a mini disc recorder installed in the comedy store so I could just record the sets and then listen to them on mini disc and then we switched it over to DAT and then we switched it over to CD when you could burn CDs. And now I don't even know if that's still there. So do they still have that CD set up where you could burn your copy of? I don't even know anymore. Is it even necessary at all anymore? Nah, nah. Phones are just as good. I mean, unless you want to get a, a something that's the quality that you could release as an album, because you can you could get it, definitely have it set up. If you just have the microphone, um, some parts of the audience mic'd, like a couple spots mic'd. But um, what was my point? Point being, how the fuck did we get here? Oh, about how. Uh, Kevin James oh. so they steal so if he had employees if the fat Jew had I feel weird calling him that I actually so enjoy it in this particular uh, you know because the like, only time like, you're allowed to yeah. say the fat Jew but <laughs> I feel like, like man someone's gonna take this shit out of context <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of a hack though I'm just gonna call him the fat Jewish it seems yeah. like less uh, an overall statement um, he, it seems like a superhero the fat Jewish but uh, he could easily have employees. But has it even been proven that he has any employees? And where's this guy getting the money to hire employees? The other thing I was looking at on his page was he would talk about how much money he's making off of his Instagram. I saw him on Katie Couric, and he was doing this uh, interview, and I was like, that's weird. I go, because I don't see, like, a lot of product placement. So I went to his Instagram to try to find product placement. I can but tell you everything. And it's funny that you said, uh, you didn't say, why is Katie Couric interviewing this guy, the fat Jew? How'd that even happen? Well, because he has so many Instagram followers. Yeah. That's why. But I was thinking. He has he his own wine be... company. 
So like the, the famous picture of him pouring two bottles of his own wine on his chest. That's his own wine. Uh-huh. His, uh, but this is independent of his Instagram, right? Yes, but so, so what he does is he mixes all these into it, and then uh, he's also done Burger King chicken fries, and uh, it's ads, ads, and he also uh, reportedly has done ads where he can delete them within a certain amount of time, so he can just post a picture of him, you know, enjoying a delicious White Castle burger, and then they d- delete it oh, in that's, like twenty minutes. That's pretty smart. Yeah, most of them don't leave those ads up. <clears throat> They'll delete them within a week or so. They're not. Sitting on their feet. And what's interesting, and what's really interesting, is that his wife slash girlfriend or whatever she's uh, works at Tinder as their head of uh, publicist. She's like a publicist for Tinder. When uh, like so, she she is trained to do. When I dated a publicist, all she did was like tell me all these secrets. Like, no, you can do this and do that and do that. Their whole life is how to make money off of social media and get noticed on social mm. media. Uh, so he has not only does he have a wine company, uh, I, somebody said he has a, a, a T-shirt company, uh, and he's got a bunch of different little companies that he just intertwines into uh, his Instagram to make it look like he's just doing. So he's like the Ryan Seacrest of like just joke thievery and getting shit right promoted. His his, his one <laughs> he's constantly got a bunch of toes in the game. Yeah, he has another famous picture which is him laying in a pool drinking out of a pool that has his own wine in it kind of a copy of that uh, uh don't last put up man any on, of these pictures. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a copy of that Anything show. Anything to get us pulled down here. Right. Last man on earth is uh that's uh, from that sh- movie. So he's even stealing his ideas for pictures to sell his wine from TV shows. He's using Reddit. He's going on websites. What, what his formula is, and there's a couple people that actually do that. D- this. He's not the only one. There's another mm-hmm. guy. Uh, fuck Jerry, right? Fuck Jerry, who's another almost as bad, if not worse, uh, guy. And what they do is they just go to Reddit or they just go to any of these websites, find the number one trending thing at that second, try to find the meat in it, take the meat, throw it on a picture of a black cheeseburger, and then you you go. You, you have it. Well, I mean, black well, I mean that's, what, that's pretty much what the formula. Like, if there, you, you, you look for the funniest thing uh, uh-huh. thread at different websites, what has the most views, most posts of that day, and you take you steal, out, that. steal that idea and then mix it with something else is what, what he does the most, where he'll just take a photo of a fat chick or something like that's butt or whatever and put, uh-huh. it, put the two together. Or, but what he's mostly, he does is somebody else does that exact same thing and then he just takes it word from word and the picture, crops the name out, doesn't give any credit credit and just throws it up there. Yeah, I've seen that. And that's that's like one of those things where you could say like maybe somebody sent it to him and he just didn't know who made it so he just posted it. But not if you change all the words and put them in in your own handwriting or your own font rather because he's done that before too. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because what I was getting at earlier is that I never thought of like an internet comedian. Whoops, just pop my thing out here. I never thought of an internet comedian as being the same as a comedian. But you clearly are like that that young lady that we talked about. What the fuck's her name again? Um, I don't remember. Well, it's it's it's, it's the same as there's What's a bigger audience. Uh, I have to go back. I'm We're gonna shoot say her so name so deep in now, so we know. Uh, um, but do 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 do. What is it? It's one of the ones that I retweeted from you. Oh, Princess Wi-Fi. Yeah, Princess of Wi-Fi. Um, that these you know these people are working. They're creating these things like this, and then they get a lot of like our friend Slash Lean from up in Canada, mm-hmm. hilarious, and got famous just from writing funny shit on Twitter, and then got a, a gang of 
like organically got a gang of Twitter followers just because she writes funny stuff. And I'm sure she's been ripped off. I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. People have, like, she's, I think she tried doing stand-up at one point in time, but she didn't for a long time. There's a lot of people that would read her shit and go, this could be a really funny bit. I could take this and turn it into a bit. So I guarantee you that's happened. Yeah, and it's happened a ton of time with just normal people. I think we've probably all done it before. Even my mom's probably posted a photo that she didn't make of some quote that she didn't yeah. write of footsteps from Jesus or something. You know, but <laughs> but uh, like the, the the big difference between this and us doing it is that he's directly getting paid to do this. He's directly mm. uh, creating a business and an empire uh, based on only plagiarism well he's what he's doing is he's taking what, what a lot of us think of as innocent right. which is you know you send me something I retweet it. we all do that but he's doing it like in a creepy way too because I use the repost app so it shows I repost things like every time I repost something it's with a repost app unless someone sends it to me and I can't figure out where it came from mm -hmm. and then I had one of those and I deleted it I deleted it recently well uh, what if black people have been gold this whole time <laughs> I was like, that's not mine. It's funny. It's a funny meme, but I'm like, I have to delete it now because we're doing this whole thing. Like, I never was trying to profit off of that, but I thought about it. I was like, that's somebody else's work, and I don't want to get it twisted with me, so I deleted that. Now that all this is going on, I was like, well, I can't be a hypocrite. It's, it's interesting how sensitive every single thing is getting. Uh, there, this is a difference, though. I mean, it's really all about intent. I mean, that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, I've been doing so much research on this guy uh, that I didn't. You know, one thing I know uh, the episode of Workaholics, where he's uh, a peyote at Ford, the one that they talk about uh, Joe Roganisms in it a uh -huh. lot. Fat Jew has a cameo in that for no apparent reason at all. They look over and he's like doing push ups. Uh, on the ground, and that's it. So he's been just so, working his way into Hollywood yeah, for a while. He has a video that's on YouTube. It's called Fat Jew Nude on Shrooms in Mexico, where he's just shooting guns uh, and running around naked on mushrooms and then driving at the end. So, hmm. <laughs> but it's there's a lot of uh, interesting videos. There's another video, uh, this news uh uh, morning news place had him on the morning news and he was this is right before his Instagram was starting to take off a little and he was with like his manager and some other person all being interviewed and I wish I could find it. I've been looking for it if I find it, I can show it send it to you uh, but it's interesting because he kind of put it down like yes no the the secret to what I'm doing is just posting a bunch of funny stuff or butts and then getting tons of money from it and then like he, he just broke it down. So, like, if I ever make a video of this guy, I put that aside at my house because there's so many amazing quotes from that interview. And it's really weird is his manager or whoever was sitting next to him, she's like, yeah, we're going to make all this money. We're, we're going to make all this money. And then there's a guy, the, this black guy at the end go, wait a second, I don't think this is what it's. I think Instagram's good for health and fitness and a lot of things, not just butts. And it's one of those morning news guys. <laughs> those guys are always wrong. That's why they're morning news guys. But it was an interesting interview. So much interesting thing I've been looking through for uh, the last couple of days on this guy. So his Comedy Central pilot got canceled so today. That, that was announced. Uh, that Comedy Central confirmed that. Uh, yeah, they that have to. I, How could they not? After, after the Mencia thing? Yeah. Because they kept Mencia on after that show, and his ratings dropped by more than 50% instantly. And they were like, oh, Christ. And then also, they knew. They knew what the fuck he did, you know, and then they, they have his show on and they also knew and this is a big one that the fucking show was responsible for plagiarism yeah. a lot of it a lot of it 
and Louis Black was fucking furious because Louis Black was on Comedy Central. So he was on the Jon Stewart show, and while he's on the Jon Stewart show, he's Menstilia's doing his shit, and not only just doing it, but doing it like this with the fingers. The way to do the bit is to do it like Louis. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's literally doing Louis's shit on the same network that Louis is on. So they they took a fuckload of heat for that. Plus, there's a new regime at Comedy Central now, and they're way smarter. And they're just they're they're on the ball as far as like their choices. That's why you're seeing shows like Amy Schumer's show, like Hannibal Burris, like Ari. They're, you're seeing good shows, and they're taking shit. chances from yes. real comedians for yes. once. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's. Great. They also have their online platform, which they've been really smart about developing too. Though, like like this is not happening. They started out as an online platform, then they brought it to uh, television after they work it out that way. So there's like very little pressure on it. It's smart. They're doing everything the right way. So they're like, fuck this dude. You know, this, you just can't do that. You can't do it. I don't know if it was him or if it was his employees. We don't, we really don't know. But, but he has to take responsibility yeah. for it, especially if it's happened and there's, there's large institutions writing about it. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, no, don't keep going. But, but like that, he has to take responsibility for that uh, because he is the one getting the paychecks for all this. Even if his interns, which are probably unpaid interns is what I'm guessing, uh, you have to do it. What, what I thought was interesting is Brian Hennigan, Hennigan uh, wrote something interesting uh, because he has a book coming out. And he goes, did Fat Juice sign an affidavit for Grand Central Pub Hatchet U.S. that his new book is all his own work? Wonder why they're helping a plagiarist. I mean, that comes different to when it comes to authors and books and stuff like that, because you, uh, you're selling words. And, Powerful Hennigan on the yeah, ball. You need I that know. guy as your manager. I know. He won't do Tell it. Tell him. <laughs> you can't only have one client, especially it's Doug Stano. He's got holes in his stomach where his intestines poke through. He can lay on his back and force his intestines through holes in his abdominal wall that I love him but he's not gonna make it well okay? <laughs> I told I told Brian that I, I mean, got alive I mean he's obviously made it as a comedian Brian I call shotgun all right yeah so. <laughs> um, here's the thing this fat Jewish guy has not posted anything in many hours which is very rare like his last one is 18 hours ago mm. so while this is all going down he's uh, he's sworn off of the uh, the Instagram the other thing is, you look at it, the recent posts, like one of them that he stole from that uh, princess of Wi-Fi, or no, that's the other one. This is another girl that he, who's hilarious. This is the one I was actually thinking of. Pistol Sherman is her name. Mm -hmm. uh, S-C-H-U-R-M-A-M. She's fucking hilarious. Her, her, all her Instagram feed is shit that she's made, I assume. I mean, I'm not 100% I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's all her work. And it's really fucking funny. Like, she's just a funny comic. Like, or, you know, funny at writing this stuff. Whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to call her. Um, so he's got a bit that he took from her. The international hand symbol for, what the hell is this guy doing? She's got this, like, yeah. thing, like, what? Which is true. So he takes that, he puts it up, and then he just writes her name on the bottom. That's it. See, see how he's got it here? That's her. That's her. But if you go to his... All he does is he he took it and he put he puts his own bullshit in it, um, and when he puts his own bullshit in it, he puts her name at the bottom. He doesn't even say created by. He just tags her. Yeah. I mean, and, and he supposedly has been adding tags to all his Instagram last week. No, it's, the it's the fat Jewish. I know. Oh. There's so much going. On. <laughs> 
It's not the fat Jew. It's the fat Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. See that one down there? The middle one. Yeah. Okay. So you click on that. It's got 209,000 likes, by the way. The most I've ever gotten, I think maybe I got like 25,000 likes ever. Well, he's got over 5 million on uh, Instagram. I know. It's incredible. But look what he did there. So he takes this. And look at he wrote, you guys, this is funny because it's relatable and we all share these types of human experiences. In parentheses, sorry, I'm on Molly. No, you're not. Yeah. And then uh, at Pistol Sherman. So he stole her thing and then he sort of just sort of tags her, but he doesn't say created by. And then underneath there, you say posting a stolen joke from the person you credit also clearly stole it. Oh, what? It's a comment. The person you credit also clearly stole it? Really? See, that's the problem. It's, 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 I've been noticed. What I've been doing is, is I've taken the photo and cropped it out and then re-uploaded it to Google Images and, uh, f and tried to find the first timed stamped that you, because it can search by photo. Dude, and, you're going straight FBI on no, this I know. shit. I mean, one, one of these took me over an hour just to find out who really made it. And it you turned out- You could have been at the gym. <laughs> you could have been on a fucking stair machine. <laughs> it's true. Oh, healthy. I don't know fuck. what's wrong with me. I need to stop. <laughs> well, you do upset. It's funny though. I, I started, I had a big smile on my face when I started getting a text from you. And then when I saw that Patton was retweeting your stuff and I said, all right, I'm in now. And I started retweeting it too. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Let's just, let's pile on. Um, so he doesn't even say, this is what bugs me. Sorry, I'm on Molly, whatever. And then at Pistol Sherman. So I don't know whether or not this girl didn't write it or did write it. But the point is, he thinks she wrote it. And instead of crediting her, he just writes her name. He doesn't even like write original by, got this from, you know, this is hilarious. I found it on her page. He just has her name there. That doesn't mean anything. Like, I put people's names at the bottom of tag just so they'll see it or something. I mean, I don't. It gets deeper that's than not enough. It gets deeper than that, Joe. I, I got deep into this one thread. <laughs> I got deep in this one thread that even had proof of him making fake Twitter accounts <sighs> and just taking jokes and having that fake person tweet them and then him crediting the fake t Twitter <gasps> account that he owns. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. You sure? How do you know that? Man, it's it's a lot. It's a whole message board page or Reddit page or something like oh, that. Reddit. About Reddit, Reddit's been on this for a while, though, so that's what's great about that, uh, that it's now Finally, I think the internet's now catching on to the, this whole thing. Well, they definitely are today. The fact that he hasn't made a post in 18 hours, and if you look before that, he was making like five, six of them a day. They were like rapid fire. That was the thing that was fun about his page. You would constantly see some pretty silly shit. I got to stop following him on Instagram. I think I'm still following him right now. Yeah, somebody told me that already. Uh, that Matt, I'm still following him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tattletales. And what's really weird is he, he steals from people that if he had any common sense that you would not steal from. Like Matt Besser. I don't know if you know Matt Besser from uh, back in the days. Uh, he's old school. He, I think he's one of the founders of UCB. Uh, or if not the founder of UCB. Uh, he stole from him. He put how many potheads does it take in a screw in a light bulb? None. We're trying to keep it mellow here. Funny mm -hmm. little joke. Fat Juice stole it, uh, and that's mm. like in the comedy world. That's like insane if you steal from Matt. That's yeah. Well, there's a lot of people out there that don't know who he is, and they think that they can get away with it. That's what he's doing. I mean, what he's doing, he got away with up until now. When you get away with something for that long, and it's that profitable, you know how many people have been mad at him for that? You're stealing money from people, really. That's what you're doing. Yeah.
I mean, the, or I mean, are they making money? It's a weird situation because it's like some people are just doing it for fun, and then you're profiting off of their fun. But that's kind of like there was um, there was an artist once that was taking photos of other people's art and then drawing like pretty much exact duplicates of it. It was like a cartoon, and uh, it's, it's happened many times. But uh, there was one story that was on this. Uh, one cartoon that this guy was doing where he had stolen like so many of uh, this guy's images and just put his own version of it but like so similar and some people were trying to figure out how this guy can get away with this for so long but I think there's just too much to pay attention to for you to connect the dots on two different images like that like and he probably was dumb or ridiculous or thought he can get away with it this is his last post right here yes (laughs) It's actually watermarked with that name at Bert Bondi. It's funny you say yeah. that, Jamie, this because another... this is the one that took me and one of the ones that took me over a half hour to research. That you think is the the the, well, pers- the original one? I was looking at his page too. And... Yeah, it seems like the 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 guy his his Twitter name's actually in the picture, Joe, and but he didn't credit the guy even though his name's actually in there. Uh, so that's one of the fake ones. Well, that's one that I researched and found out that there was actually somebody before that person. So that person tagged his name in it saying it was his when it wasn't even his. And that <laughs> could be one of the ones where he, he ganked it. What is this right now? What are you this looking is, at? The, oh, Burt Bondi. took it from, or supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. But this guy, somebody else had it before him. Probably. There's a lot that's of what it looks guys. like. Yeah, this is weird. I was, my point I was going to bring up on this is kind of weird because this is where you get into like parody law on copyright like they're taking photographers photos and making money off of them without paying the photographer yeah. but because it's parody you're actually allowed to do that to a certain right. extent so at what point are you allowed to parody a joke and that's okay yeah but you're, you can't word for word it but it, you know what i mean see i'm torn here here's why i'm torn i love memes i think these are fucking hilarious like i i enjoy them when when someone sends me a funny one or when I get a funny one on Instagram and I scroll through it and I laugh at them, ah, ha, ha. I like them. That's how I laugh too. <laughs> but I I want people to keep, but I don't, you know, I don't want to necessarily like, I don't want to discredit the fact that someone made it, but I don't really give a fuck that someone made it. Right. But e- I do now. Even his book cover, Fat Jew has a stupid book. Even his uh, book cover is a copy of the Steve Jobs book. Well, I think that's on, pop, on purpose. I know, but it's just funny that right. everything he does is completely unoriginal and fake. Well, the hairstyle. What about his hairstyle? That's uh, like uh, Kong Po from the kickboxer movie. Tong Po. Remember that guy? Jean-Claude Van Damme. He fights him in the end. He's got the crazy haircut. Oh, yeah. He's, He's got a kind of a Tong Po thing going on with his hair. Yeah. So, um... You're not his friend? Is that what you're trying to say? You know what? I just, I, I'm just amazed by it. I'm just shocked by it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it when I see my, like, friends of mine that he's stolen from. And I'm just like, why am I just finding out about this guy now? And then I remember when I heard his name around on TMZ and Twitter and all that, I just didn't want to ever click on the link because I was like, I don't care about this fat Jew guy, you know? Like, I don't give a shit. But then now I kind of want to stop it so I don't have to see more of him, you know, in the future. Well, it didn't bother (laughs) me when I saw him before. I thought, well, this is interesting. This guy's figuring out how to profit off of these uh, memes. And I was saying, I wonder if this is going to be like something that happens in the future. And then I thought... Well, what he's doing is he's just going finding pictures, and then they say funny shit and put it on the picture. He's ten- he, that's how he was describing it. Mm-hmm. And he was saying it to Keddie Couric that he has a staff, and they go out, they comb the internet for funny things. 
but really they're just ganking memes and he's doing it as a corporation he's doing it like as a business one of the ones that he did uh it went the farthest back as being the oldest joke i could find uh he found off of a 2001 uh, website that still existed, and this might not even be the f first one, but it was one of those news mail, uh, email newsletters that you would send. Like, here's a list of funny jokes, ha, ha, ha. And it's just a list of like 50 jokes. And he just started taking from that list uh, as mm. one of them. Uh, I can't say I'm shocked. Right. I mean, now that you know his modus operandi. The other thing is I've, I've heard him talk, and it never seems funny. You know, like when I'm hearing him talk, I'm like, this guy's doesn't seem like a funny guy. You know, like if you, you know, Kevin Pereira, let's use him as an example. You know, if Kevin was on some show there, you would listen to him talk and you'd go, even if he wasn't trying to be funny, you would say, well, here's a guy that I, I, I could see that guy be funny. I could see him have a clever point on something. Like if someone presented him with an illogical point of view, he would be like, uh, that's that doesn't make any sense. He would start making fun of it. He would, that's his instinct. That is, uh, you know, your instinct, comics instincts. Any, anybody that you have on that's a funny person would say funny shit. He never seemed funny. He seems like this, like, corporate guy or something, you know, with the, this wacky haircut. It's like it's all package. Well, I mean, what people are telling me is that he, he was one of those. He grew up in a super rich family, oh. and he's been kind of just thrown and given favors, and that's oh. one of those guys. One of those motherfuckers. I guess, you know, the problem is I can make that argument about myself not being funny sometimes, too, if I'm doing something serious. Like if I do a conversation, especially if it's about MMA. Right. But then I would, I'm doing it about that, I guess. Yeah, but if you listen to a lot of his interviews, because I've watched a lot, he, he pretty much repeats the same stuff. Like, ah, I just need to get a guacamole and a, get a, and a bathtub and a, a wine. Well, we'll see what happens, CAA. <laughs> right. You're the fucks who signed Menstelia after all that shit went down. They are? Yeah, they took him from Gersh. They ganked him from Gersh at the worst moment ever. Wow. Yeah. Right when uh, the shit was hitting the fan, they jumped in with their dick in their hand. That's insane. But who knows? I mean, they probably... I don't think they were aware in, in the entirety of the uh, the situation that you're dealing with that. And I think they probably weren't aware about this guy either. Because, look, I wasn't aware. I didn't even think of it. I ignorantly was like, ah, oh, he just takes memes, puts them up there. I didn't even think about it as plagiarism. But when Patton wrote it, and then when you had... And then I saw the actual instances, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. Yeah, he is. He's definitely... And it wasn't just reposting. See, he could have got the same success by reposting... You know, I repost stuff. If you post something funny and I, I want to repost it, I go to the repost app, I repost it, and I do it specifically so that people will know that it came from you, and hopefully they'll click on your link and sign up and be one of your followers or whatever. That's what you're supposed to do. That's kind of the spirit of the Internet. You know, when someone says something funny, I always retweet stuff. I never copy and paste someone's tweet. You know, I just don't, unless... Unless you have their name in the tweet as well, you know, and then you put in the quote marks. But other than that, but then, then you know, everybody knows it comes from them. But other than that, I use a retweet or a repost app or quote tweet. You know, you quote it if you're using the app on the phone. This is, a, you know, it's just unethical. It's, it's, it's unethical and it's against the spirit of what the Internet is supposed to be all about. The, this free exchange of information. Somebody comes in and just fucking sticks a syringe in this pipeline of information just starts pulling it out and then profiting. 
You know, that's what they're doing. Instead of contributing, instead of like jumping into this free exchange and then offering up a successful pipeline. See, because this guy could have been a successful pipeline for all these people. And I bet he would have still got nearly the same amount of tweets or nearly the same amount of likes and followers and all that jazz if he was just a, you know, if you just gave everybody credit and then people would like you. They wouldn't be mad. What's interesting is both Twitter and uh, Instagram, I've heard, have uh, banned him in the past. And with Instagram, they, he, tied his, he tied himself up to their headquarters until they let him back in. What? Yeah, supposedly. Was I mean, a gag? Yeah, probably, but it worked. Uh, and <sighs> a lot of people have been trying to tell people to Twitter has that new copyright thing where you mm -hmm. can copyright tweets or whatever and but you have to be the originator of that joke in order to do it so there's only people if these people stood up and go no i thought that and made that and read wrote that would they have any you know they you know justice to do that or whatever do you remember when that guy was stealing patrice o'neill's material and do it as youtube rants mm -hmm. and then he was trying to say that he did it because it was an homage to, he was trying to pretend, and he did it like all angry too. It was like so gross and fake the way he did it. You know, he's like channeling Patrice or something while he did it and trying to be smart. And everybody's like, "Oh, you fuck, you're a thief. You know, you you're a liar." To like the way you're doing it, you're lying to all these people that thought you came up with these ideas. These are not your ideas at it's, all. It's hard to come back from that. <laughs> you can't come back from that. You can't come back from that. You can't. The only way you can come back from that is to admit that you did that. Talk about how you did it, and then you got to reestablish yourself as being completely original. Good fucking luck. We've talked about this before with joke thieves. It's like there's a bunch of guys that were joke thieves, and one of the things that you could clearly see, you could see the difference between their material and other people's material. The other people's material was funny, and then in between the their like this funny shit, they would have their shit, and like it stand out like a sore thumb. Like, this is a guy, I don't need to mention his name, everybody knows who the fuck I'm talking about, who stole a lot of shit from Bill Hicks, and he had one good special, and then his second special was hot dog shit. I mean, it was terrible. It was like a parody of his first special. It's because there was no content in it, because he had burned all these bridges, stole all this content, was scared, and said, ah, you know, I'll do it myself, I'll make my own shit, but he couldn't make his own shit. His new shit was terrible. And there's like this really clear difference between the two of them. And I maintain it's because the mindset of creativity is the exact opposite of the mindset of plagiarism. Because plagiarism is like, I want to pretend that this is all my idea. I want to pretend I want to take this and I'm going to get all the love for it. I'm going to get. Whereas like a comic, like a, a, a hilarious person is like, what? what's funny? Where's the funny? What is it? Is it this? Is it that? Like you've got, you're not thinking about you. Like what all you are is like you're this vessel for getting the idea in its best form. You're like a, a boat that carries the joke to the people. You got to figure out how the fuck do I do this? Like how many times have any of us been sitting around going, I got to figure out a better way to set this up or there's a better way to do this or you got to figure out this or then someone comes along and just yanks that and just doesn't have any of the process. They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to do it. Like that process of creating is like learning a language. And when those fucking joke thieves have to go out and relearn re the language, they're essentially like open micers. And we've seen a couple guys that we know of that are like that, that got hot from stealing stuff. But then if you see them now, you're like, where did the fucking creativity go? Or they don't stop. Like our old friend yeah. who I found out the other day, 
that uh, still steals. <sighs> I can't say I'm shocked. I can't say I'm shocked. I don't know From how. Tosh. Yeah, I don't think he knows how to write. I don't think he does it, and I think he's scared to bomb. That's one of the things that he had always said. He's like, uh, you know, a lot of comics talk about how they bombed. I never bombed. I bomb all the time. You know, you know why? Because I write stuff. Right. I try shit out. Like I, when you, when you're writing all the time, man, you, you're gonna fucking have some duds. You're gonna throw them out there, and you gotta go fuck. And it might, it's, you know, it, it's not gonna be all of them, but it might be one out of ten. You just gotta cut off and throw into the ocean. It's just no good. It's never working. But there's a lot of people that are gonna see you do that bit until you decide that it sucks. You know, you're gonna fuck around with it. You're gonna try to, because sometimes. I don't know if you do this, but I do. I know Diaz does it. A lot of guys do this, where you kind of like set yourself up in a position where you really don't know where this bit's going to go. You know there's something funny in it, yeah. so you hope that it comes out on stage. And so there's ways of writing where you sit down, smoke a joint, sit in front of your computer or your notebook, and you're just fucking trying to figure out how to do it. Like I'll 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 play little games with myself. I'll say like. Brian Redband is to Jamie like a walrus is to, you know, a peacock. I'll just try to find, find ways that the subject interacts with it. Trying to find, uh, not that's a bad <laughs> You're person. a peacock, yeah. pretty cock. He's beautiful. Look you got a him. pretty cock. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, 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 I'll do little tricks. I'll set up lists. This is like that, and I'll do like a list of different things. Because I want to try to find out what the best bit is. But sometimes you just got to go on stage. And sometimes you go on stage with this premise, and you're pretty sure there's something funny about this premise, but you don't know where it's going to lead. And then, boom, when you're on stage, the jokes, like the punchline will reveal itself to you, or the angle will reveal itself to you. And then you record it. It's like you take this little ember, you take it back to the lab, and you fucking put some tinder, tindling on it. Kindling? What is it? Kindle. T what's Tinder? Tinder is that app. But it's, a, but it's a thing, too, right? Publicist chick. Doesn't it have something to do with fire? Tinder? Yeah. That's what it is, Tinder. I think a Tinder box. Yeah, it is. I was right. Jesus Christ, you don't know shit. I didn't say anything. You're talking to yourself. It's an app. <laughs> no, it's for fires. We're talking about fires, you fuck. Um, the point being that that's a whole process you have to learn how to do. And if you don't learn how to create, like you with your video editing, if you you have to you got to learn how to do that. You had to do some that you didn't like. You had to do some like you. If you go back and look at your earlier videos. Like, they weren't as good as your later videos. You got better at it as time went on, especially when you started doing it, you know, all the time. You you just get smoother. It's the same with everything. Those guys are fucked because they're, they're mind, it's a wrong mindset. So they become superstars, but they're not good. They're not real. They, they it's like being a superstar track and field athlete, but you really don't run fast at all. Like everybody thinks, like God damn, this guy's like the fastest guy ever. But you're no, you've been just, you've been like teleporting down the fucking down the the path and stealing people's spots and pretending that you're in first place, you know, and just running through the ribbon. I won, and everybody's like, damn, that dude's fast. He won again. But you didn't really win. You can't really run fast. It's almost the exact same thing with people who are plagiarists. They li they literally don't have the creativity. They've never developed it. It's kind of fucked. It's got to be terrifying. It's got to be fucking really terrifying. Because, like, Charlie Murphy, one of the ballsiest things that Charlie Murphy did 
was Charlie Murphy was famous, first of all, for being the brother of a really fucking famous comedian, and second of all, for being on the greatest sketch comedy show the world has ever known, and being a big part of it. He was huge on The Chappelle Show. Charlie Mur Murphy's stories, those stories that he would tell, like the Prince story, like, dude, he was famous for telling hilarious stories, and people would, like, look forward to it. He would be on the, the stage, or on the screen, and, you know, just, just waste up telling a story and then you'd see like it be playing out with you know Dave Chappelle being Prince and all the crazy shit that it would be a part of those stories and then Charlie started doing stand-up after that so after that and you know there's some legendary bad sets that he's had he had some bad sets like that were captured on video where the one of them he did at college they're booing him and heckling yeah. him and he went back and got the check and tore it up in front of them and threw it out to him and left you know these he took fucking crazy chances because he's a famous open micer and you know as well as I know that process cannot be duplicated the the process of becoming good at doing stand-up going from an open micer to being like a, a an established professional is a fucking bloody grind and it's filled with dead bodies <laughs> some people that just don't make it they don't make it. It's rough. It's yeah. it's like any kind of boot camp, but it lasts even longer than it's it's like going to high school. You, you know, yeah. you have like four years and then you graduate. But some people don't graduate. They get held back. They and get held killed back and killed. They get killed by terrorists. <laughs> and and he, along the way, Charlie is famous. So along this way, he's fucking famous for being hilarious, and he's just starting out, like just starting out, and he's headlining. Remember when we did that uh, Maxim Real Men of Comedy tour, dude. He had only been doing comedy like two or three years, yeah. you know, and he's doing 45 minutes in front of theaters, thousands of people. It's balls, man. He's got balls, but that's what it's like. It's like being a famous open micer. Well, that's what it's like for these guys that are plagiarists, and then all of a sudden they start trying to write their own material. It's like, it's dark, man. It's a dark place to be. Uh, there's a guy named Freddie uh, who uh, Car Carrera? Uh, he's going to be opening up for Joey Diaz uh, uh, later this month in Reno, at seven twenty-five and seven twenty-six. He posted a uh, video. He sent me a video the other day. Uh, have you seen the heckler? Uh, yes. Spartacus kick. Uh, yeah. It's a. What do you feel about this? Because the, a lot of people actually got mad at this video, uh, and but then, then I think it makes complete sense. If you watch that guy, yeah, yeah. Well, if you haven't seen the video, this dude is on stage. This guy comes over to him and touches him. He says something to him, or he pushes him, or touches him physically. And he says, Don't fucking touch me, get your fucking hands off me. The guy leaves, and it's a tiny ass little crowd. There's a very small amount of people, and some people apparently like this heckler guy. So the heckler guy um, and this comic get into it again. And the comic says, don't fucking come anywhere near. He says, like, Raid Zone was given a warning several times to not put his hand. So he goes running up to the stage in full stride, and this dude just front kicks him right in the chest. Yeah, like 300 style. Yeah. I guess the guy is... Good front kick. Good technique, by the way. This guy's named Raid Zone. I guess he's a local uh, comic. This mm -hmm. this guy that has the aluminum foil on his head. Yeah. Uh, he's a local comic that just... One of those guys that, you know, doesn't work. It's not working out really for him. Uh, and he never gets off stage. He always, you know, does his... He won't get off stage. And he heckles. And he heckles the whole time. He heckles people in the audience. So he's one of those guys that is like a social retard that wants attention. So he goes to these comedy clubs and becomes a part of the show. So as this guy's backing away, by the way, 
I'm torn because I love the fact that Vegas has a comedy scene and open mics. Yeah. Even though there's no one in it. I'm like, ah, that's cool. Yeah. Vegas has got little funky little open mics because Vegas is a weird place. Yeah, can you turn so this up? Because yeah. this audio is great. Stop making fun of me, says. You do that all by yourself, Wade. No. You do that all by yourself. You lied to me. I have the mic. I have the mic. I have the mic. Throw a tantrum. So he sits down, and some woman is like, oh, I love you, Wade. She's trying to get some dick. Right. Here it comes. What I tell you? What I tell you? What I tell you? <laughs> call an ambulance. Well, he should call an ambulance when a guy goes down like that. Yeah. You never know, because he could have hit his head, and he could die. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. You know, someone would say, oh, you're being melodramatic. No, when someone front kicks you in the chest like that, you fall back, you easily can hit your head. And it, I didn't see if he hit his head or not. We can watch it again. Yeah, Play well, it back again. His helmet he fell his off, so it didn't protect yeah. him. It's aluminum. Well, it's not real. What's that, Jamie? He said he said. Let me see it. Back it up. Back it up so I can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he could easily have hit his head. What I tell you? Well, you know what? We'll play it one more time. Look at his legs, though. He's balanced as that if That doesn't he... mean anything. Guys go unconscious, their legs are like that. I'm a 60-year-old baby. I don't get my weight. Listen! I don't get my weight. Here he comes. What I tell you? See how he fell back like that? It's kind of like he was doing a push-up. No, Brian, you don't know what you're talking about. That guy got kicked really hard in the chest. He fell back. He's lucky that his feet are planted there. He's not unconscious. But he definitely could have banged his head. So I would, not, I would not say that he's faking it in any stretch of the imagination. That is a hard kick to the chest. And by the way, the kid who threw the kick knows how to kick. Yeah. Like, go, go do it one more time. Just take it to the kick. The kid who threw the kick, just go, just go there, to the... There's a slow motion. No, I don't want to see it. I want to see it like this. That's a guy who's kicked people before. Guaranteed. He didn't even bother taking his hand off of the mic stand. Notice that? That guy's know how to, he knows how to kick. He's got some martial arts experience, a hundred percent. Or someone taught him how to throw a nasty front kick, and he knows how to do it. Because the way he timed it and the way he hit that guy, he hit him fucking hard. I'm torn because first of all, that guy's the guy on the ground is obviously a cunt. Yeah. You know, he's annoying. He's probably terrible if you're a comedian. You got to work with this guy, and he gets in the way. But you know, does it mean that he should have been kicked in the chest like that? Man, I don't know. But the other thing is, he was fucking in full stride to get in that guy's face. And if the guy didn't want to grapple with him, I mean, you got two options. That guy ran right up to him. Like, you look at him. He's, he's walking. Like, he's, he got stopped by that kick. He was going to get right to that guy. Look, he's in mid-stride, not slowing down at all. He could have pushed that guy... He could have, look, he's reaching out to him. Look, fuck that guy. That guy, I see, I, you know what? I mean, I, I don't like the fact that he banged his head, and literally he could get really badly hurt in a situation like that. But yeah, the, In the beginning of the video, also, the guy had already grabbed him. Mm -hmm. Like He's like, don't grab me. And yeah. then he, the, the beginning of the video is him like, I'm warning you, do not come up here. Warn I, yeah. So it's, there's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> I'm de I definitely think the guy's a cunt, but the reality is the club should have got rid of that dude. You can't let somebody grab people like that. You can't someone run up to the stage like that. They, but you know, they probably can't afford security. There's only five people in the audience. We're gonna hire some guy who's gonna eat up your profits. Just stand around there looking big. So, 
It's fucked. You know, Greg Fitzsimmons got in a scrap once at Stitches Comedy Club in Boston. Where uh, I was, I missed a show. Fuck, I wish I was there. But uh, some guy was in the audience. Some guy was heckling. Greg tooled him. And then the guy ran up onto the stage and grabbed Greg. And they, like, fucking scuffled. Like, they literally got into a fist fight. The bouncers came out, dragged the guy off stage. Greg stood up, brushed himself off, and goes, All right, anybody else want some of this? And then went back with his act. <laughs> he was like, who's next? It was, it was, uh, it was really funny. Yeah, the fights are interesting, except that usually at the comedy store anywhere on Sunset, it's usually more like, oh, he's got a gun. Like the, the There's been so many of those nights there. You've heard uh, someone have a gun in the audience? Well, on a certain night. Oh, the black night. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah, that has happened. Wasn't there uh, some shots fired once when Tupac was at the comedy store? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you, who, who would have figured? Who saw that coming? Guy who got killed by gunfire who'd been shot twice somehow or another would be involved in some sort of a Someone shooting just thing sent me this crazy story i might let you read it uh, is it uh, about them hanging out the comedy store with mitzi no, no. japanese no. boxer 24 bursts into lawyer's office cuts off the 42 year old man's penis with a garden shears Ooh, flushes the organ down the toilet after discovering wife's affair wow he carried out the horrifying attack in tokyo earlier this morning he punched the unnamed lawyer repeatedly before severing his genitals flushed a peanut down the toilet and waited for the police. The skilled boxers thought to have carried out the attack after finding out the lawyer had been sleeping with his wife. Damn, son. Blame the girl. No, you don't. <laughs> well, he, he has to blame the girl. Yeah. Yes, but you can't blame the girl for this guy coming in and cutting off that guy's dick. No, no, no. He should have... I, I never understand why they, they go after the guy. You should go after the girl. I mean, yeah. if it's your wife... Well, Japanese. The guy might not even. He's got a different culture, you know. Maybe in their culture, you gotta attack the man with garden shears. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. Do you remember when um, there was a real bad story where a lady did that to her husband, cut his dick off, and threw it in a um, uh, garbage disposal? Bob it. And no, no, no. She threw it. Window. She threw it out the window <laughs> um, while she was driving her car, and they found it and stitched it back on. This lady threw it in the garbage disposal, and Sharon Osborne, Ozzy's wife was on one of those dumb chick shows and was mocking it, laughing about how it must have looked like spinning around in a circle. <laughs> you never heard that? Dude, it's awful. It's awful. Play it, Jamie, because it's, it's really awful. Because imagine if there was a show, like a man's show, and uh, it's, this is the guy network, you know, whatever. And on that show, a guy had cut his wife's clit off and threw it in a garbage disposal, you know, Egyptian style. You know, they do that... Uh, that, that horrible genital mut mut mutilation they do on uh, young ladies. Imagine if someone was on TV mocking that. Like, imagine what the clit looked like, just yeah. spinning around a circle. Um, this guy's life here. is ruined. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know why he filed for divorce. I don't know what was going on between them. However, <laughs> I do think it's quite fabulous. I mean... <laughs> I think it's quite fabulous. that thing whizzing around the disposal. It's like hysterical. Wow. That's awful. Fuck men, Joe. <laughs> Fuck them. Mm. It's awful that someone would say something like that, you know? What is going on here? Something else? Why she cut it off. I mean, it does depend on the reasons why. Does it? No. no. Fuck her. Poor Ozzy. Married to that monster. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to think. Like, why, why would anybody think, that? unless the guy had done something horrible like that to her, 
and she got a hold of him, you know, like he cut her clit off and she waited till he went to bed and cut his dick off, you know. That's an eye for an eye and they're both blind now. But that's not what happened. That's whatever the fuck he did, you know, Jesus Christ. The fact that she could mock that. I don't know what my original point was. What do you think of those explosions in China? Do you think that's uh, just what they, they're saying it is? Or do you think that's like a secret nuclear underground, you know, nuclear base that they're... <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about nuclear? Well, it, it, you know, we recently found out that China, supposedly, it was it China that hacked the Pentagon? And it just seems mm -hmm. like, you know, a couple of weeks later, now there's nuclear-sized explosions in their cities. Well, that, you know, the conspiracy theory. First of all, theory. China is enormous. Right. Okay, so you're saying China as if it's like this fucking one block. Right. Like, we're attacking Compton. Like, China's an enormous spot. And China's a big industrial spot. So there's constantly... A bunch of shit that can go wrong and blow up. I mean, that's just what happens when you're building things. You're using engines and fire and gasoline and compression, and it easily could be what they said. A chemical plant blew up. They blow up all the time. When they blow up, it's goddamn terrifying. I've just never seen it that bad. It Did you see like some of the new hellfire. angles? No, show some. Uh, I sent one of them. I think this is the same one that uh, I was talking about, where it literally goes, there's three explosions. The first one's like, wow, that's crazy. They're saying like, hey, it looks like a gas station maybe blew up. Mm -hmm. Then the second one's huge, and it's like, all right, this is starting to look like a, you know, a Transformers the movie. And then the third one's just like, that's the end of the world explosion. Uh, and this uh, video that I think it's the right one uh, is... Literally, it seems like it's across the street almost, and it's a great angle if you can find it. Well, I've it. seen the one where the guy's inside like a convenience store, and the blast hits him, and the wall Just like knocks him back. The windows <laughs> knock him back, mm -hmm. and he looks like he got fucked up. I don't know what happened to the dude in that picture, but the blast from it. Yeah, this is it. Now, this is cool because the conversation in it, the, the people talking in it is awesome. Holy shit. White people. Fuck yeah, I'm videoing it. Canadian. They, that sounds like Harlan Williams. Watch the second one. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's not even the worst one. No really? No. Oh my god, this is amazing. Are we dangerous here? Watch this one now. Oh my god! Oh dear! Are you filming? Yes, I'm filming! Holy shit! <laughs> Look at the fire in the sky! Yeah. Let's go! Let's go! It it went from fun, fun times Yo, to it's a gas run for your life. <laughs> yeah, well, that looks that looks exactly like what they said it is. Yeah, I don't think that's any terrorist shit. Yeah, that looks like a a bomb blew up a gigantic chemical factory. A bomb blew up. I mean, you know, whatever, an explosion. Not a bomb. Yeah. But I mean, same thing. A bomb is just an explosion. Have you seen the photos of the cars on the right side? If you see all those cars that are parked there? What is this sodium cyanide on site? Might have been 70 times the allowed amount. Wow. Oh, yeah. They don't have rules in China. They just. Yeah, it's a lot of chemicals that shouldn't have been there, is what I think they're saying. Oh. Uh, that makes sense. That was amazing, though. That was beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up, but beautiful at the same time. Like, there's something cool about that. Um,. 
if they can show, is this the uh, trail destruction, what it's done to buildings? If you can find the one where the guy's inside the store and the blast hits him. Because that one's insane. What are you doing over there, Brian? Uh, You're tuning out on me. Oh, I was just finding a new video uh, that uh, of a house from erosion falling into the ocean that I wanted to show you. Oh, it was one of those stilt houses? Uh, it's yeah, I guess it's like in poorer countries they don't have the right foundations in a lot of their houses, so they just fall into the ocean. You mean like Malibu? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shit happens there. They have all these crazy walls and stuff they build up in Malibu. Here's the security camera footage. This is the guy. Yeah, it's it right sucks. in front of the door. Like, watch this. Boom, dude, you got jacked. I mean, who knows what happened to that dude? But when he gets knocked back, he is fucked because everything exploded. Like, look how it goes back. He's looking at his phone, too. Look. Homeboy's looking at his fucking phone. He's standing by the window. Watch that again. Look. This bitch hasn't even texted me back, man. <laughs> Boom! I mean, he literally didn't even see it coming. No, it looks like he hits his head first and goes, what the heck? And then the whole house, or the side just falls on him. I like your bad accent. What's that supposed to <laughs> be? What the hell? Hello, kitty. But there was a um, a guy who set up an explosion in his house. He uh, left the gas on and set like some sort of a timer and um, set some sort of a device to ignite it. And it blew the house up. He was doing it for an insurance scam. And he went to jail for murder because he wound up killing his neighbor. Remember that? Yeah, he, um, see if you can find that story. But the fucking damage that just got done from... A line inside a person's house and it makes you think it's crazy that you're you could just do that like if you were a nut and you just wanted to turn your gas on and sit there look look at this this leveled wow. this fucking two houses on this block and this was all done with gas this make sure that this is the right one because there have been like explosions that were accidental that did happen that caused some pretty significant this is damage. Three were charged with murder in this. Yeah, that's it. Wow. In, yeah, it's Indiana too. That's that's where it happened. A famous video of the house blowing up, uh, you know, that came out a couple of years ago. Where uh, you you know what I'm talking about, Jamie? That nice house where it's like oh, a yeah. helicopter going mm -hmm. around a house. Yeah, it was a fire. There was a fire going on, right? And, and then the house exploded in the middle the of it. Yeah. So this guy just left the fucking gas on and then said, uh, "We're gonna make some money," but just. Look at these three. Wow. The three that got caught. Let's look at the guy on the far right. You almost don't blame him. Right. Whatever <laughs> like that chick hard, in the middle says, I'll do. How hard was that guy's life? The guy on the far right with the glasses, how hard must have his life have been? His life. This, we're looking at this guy who looks like William H. Macy um, had sex with somebody to the left. And somebody to the right. No, it looks like <laughs> William H. Macy and Vanderlei Silva's nose post-surgery with uh, one wonky eye. Poor bastard. Look at him. The eye thing. He's just a mess. That guy's just lived a life of misery, misery and very little love. He's just got this feel about him. And so they decided they were going to make some money from uh, insurance money. When you have a sideways eye like that... Do you actually have better side vision than peripheral? You know what I mean? No. Like, maybe you have way better vision that way. I don't think so. I you think it like actually fucks up your straight vision because oh. you're always getting a little bit of this side stuff in there. It's probably, I mean, it probably fucks with your, uh, your straight ahead vision. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it would.
Yeah. But if you can move them independently, like uh, some sort of a chameleon. We're supposed to have eyes in front of us, right? The idea being that's one of the main indicators that we're predators. We have eyes in front of us because we're looking forward to killing things. We're not looking on our sides like deer. Like the reason why deer have them on the side of their head is because they're terrified. They have to look out. What's over there? What's over there? You know, they have to, they can look, they can be going sideways like this. Their head can be totally facing sideways and they can look right at you. We can't do that because we don't need to worry as much about getting flanked. We're usually the pursuers and not the pursuees. Speaking of pursuers and not the pursuees, running with the Bulls was particularly successful this season. <laughs> uh, the Bulls scored seven kills. Wow. Yeah, this that, is a, that's the highest, right? This is a big one. It's a big year for them. They're very excited. They uh, they went back to the to the slaughterhouse and were pretty pumped before they got killed. Because they, I think they killed them. I mean, I don't I don't know what happens with the bulls. What happens with the bulls when they run with the bulls? It's not like no bull idea. fighting, right? I think they just fight and fight and fight and fight. We're gonna have to talk. We can't just only look at laptops here because otherwise I'm only talking to myself. <laughs> I'm listening. You, you I'm just sending. I'm just though. sending new links. Oh, well, let's just talk no, about this bull thing because it's so ridiculous. Pull that up, Jamie, because it's incredible that seven people died. Why the fuck do they do it? I just that's. I, I guess it's a thrill. Is that the idea behind it? It's, it's a tradition. It's you know. You, what does that mean? So slavery. Should we go back to that? That's yeah. a tradition. The Inquisition was kind of a tradition. Slavery still exists. You just get paid for it. Now. Ten people died. Ten now. Yeah. Three more. Four this weekend. Oh. What? It's been a really good week. <laughs> The bulls are scoring. Pull it up. Pull, put some shit up. Look at this. Four more gored to death across Spain as surge wow. and bull run casualties continue. I hope the bulls are just getting smarter. Look how fucking big they are and look how many people there are. That's what's fucked up. There's way too many people to get out of the way. You just can't get out of the way. So you got these bulls and they're real bulls with full on horns. And these real bulls are just running into these packed avenues of people and just mowing them over and killing them. It's fucking ridiculously stupid. There's got to be one of the dumbest ways to die. I wrote this fucking article about this a long time ago, joking around about how dumb it was. And uh, this guy got really mad at me. It's like, my teacher, my professor did that, and it's all about appreciating the culture. And like, how come you can't just... Go to the country. Why do you have to run from a fucking animal to appreciate the culture? Did you see that, <clears throat> that thing Bert was doing this week? And I've seen it before. They chase cheese down a hill, and mm. these guys run down a hill and get hurt. It's a similar dumb thing. Well, you don't have to chase the cheese. Cheese isn't trying to kill you. This is totally different. I mean, this is so gross, man. Spain's economic crisis has forced a sharp drop in the number of bullfights in the country, with about 300 fewer bullfights scheduled for this year as compared to the years before the crisis. Yet the number of ranchers who are raising fighting bulls has stayed the same. The only way out for these ranchers would be in the festivals in these municipalities. So it suggests that many of the bulls that would have been destined for bullfights are instead running along the streets of the country. That's fucking crazy because those are really big bulls and they're really ferocious and they come from a long line of bulls that have been almost bred for that shit. They're doing it in the United States now, I'm pretty sure. What? Like having like little well, set of bull runs and you can go run through these. They're well, using it says to... right there. It says right there. These are bulls with more power, more capacity to charge. Uh, said Lorca, whoever that is, uh, of the bulls being used for small town bull runs, he said that an encounter with one of those, one of these would likely do more harm than the bulls of previous years. 
obviously, you've got fucking 11 deaths this year. What a clusterfuck. Yeah, in the U.S., they're using them to clean out homeless populations by putting them downtown at night. And they- <laughs> Can you imagine if they did that, though? They had, like, a bull run every once a week, and they just played tons of bulls, and, like, the homeless like, I'll get this bull. Well, the real problem is not the fatalities. It's the homeless people that survive. It's going to be even worse. You're going to take care of those people for the rest of their lives. This is the whole thing is fucking gross. The whole thing is too completely ridiculous, as well as the bullfights. Bullfights are fucking ridiculous, too. Because, first of all, you're not really fighting that bull, right? You're stabbing it with spears, and you're running around, and other people get to stab it, and some of the spears, have, they have uh, poison in them. Man gored to death filming bull run in Spain on mobile phone. <sighs> World star! <laughs> 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 Yeah, there's a great video of a guy getting one uh, up the asshole. Yeah. And I, I don't mean great, really, but I mean, like, whoa. Have you seen that one where the guy gets the horns right up the asshole? So horrible. It's like, Jesus Christ. It, he, he got his, his sphincters torn open. His rectum was torn apart. Rectum nearly killed him. Yeah, I think that was one of the first animated gifts I ever saw. And it, it was like, what? What's going on? That horn's going in his... Oh my god, it's going in his butt. And you're just from it loading so slow. <laughs> it's ugly, dude. These people, oh, look at that. This guy's got one in the face. Let's let's go through all these. No, let's go through why? all these. Please, please visit no. visit the image. Um let's get the first one again. Close in on that first one. Because it seems like it's going right through his cheek. Is that what's happening there? Oh my god. Yes, it is. Look, it's right through his cheek. Look at the fucking impact. Through the jaw. Oh, my God. It's going through his eyeball. Uh, Look at that, Brian. No, I, I know. I Look know, at it. It's I know. through his eyeball. I can see now, it on that little one. as a confirmed member of Team People, uh, I cannot say that I'm happy about this. But there are too many people in the 405, and I think the only way to stop that is to kill off a few retards. You don't want to kill off the good people. And I'm not saying this guy was retarded, but his occupation most certainly was. You know, maybe he just has a hard way out, man. It's hard to get out. Get off that photo. He's a bullfighter. His family's bullfighters. And they're like, don't be a pussy, mijo. Wow, this is a different guy getting one in the face. Way clearer. He's a different one, though. He's a different dude, right? Isn't it? I think it's the same photo. Is it? Because the the horns look different. Because the other one, the horns were black. (laughs) And this one, they're white. See, the tips are white and black. And there's a blue thing sticking out of his neck. Go to the first one again. Yeah, maybe it's the same guy. It might be the same guy. It might just be the um, resolution yeah. picked up the actual cover, color of the horns better. That's dark shit, dude. Having horns go through your fucking eye. And that's his eyeball blown out like that. No shoe either. Lost a shoe. Poor bastard. I, I got something better than that. That will clean the palate of seeing all that disgusting shit. Have you seen that little Asian girl that can hypnotize animals? She puts, uh, she puts like seven different animals on, on this table. And at first it's like a lizard. And she's like, and then the lizard just passes out. And then she goes to a dog and the dog passes out. And then a frog. See, this, a, this involves two things for you. Right. It involves Asian girls. No, I'm talking about like a and animals. baby. So it might not be real. No, this is on a uh, game show. Oh, well, and, then it's definitely real, right? What? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting because w- w- at one point she's like she has like a certain time limit to go down all these animals. At one point, w- the dog wakes up. Well, it's like what it. the fuck happened? Yeah, I, I just sent you. A, yeah. It is amazing though, well, and it doesn't seem like it would make sense. Like how how can someone hypnotize a dog? Okay, so here's the girl. 
What is this sky ladder? What is all that? I don't know. This looks like it's like uh, the Chinese America's or Chinese. Okay, so, so the the dog lays down. And then the guy's pretending that he's falling asleep too. Yeah. And so the dog just she Yeah, hear this. That's a puppy that's lying down. Yeah. Okay, so the dog is just good at laying down. Okay. Look at that cute lizard, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lizard is awake, by the way. Uh, she right. flips the lizard upside down and then just starts rubbing the belly and... Okay, well, do you know that that's actually a way to put lizards to sleep? That's why you do that with crocodiles and alligators. You put them on their back and rub their belly and they pass out? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. But, but it's kind of cool, like, seeing her do this. And I'm pretty sure that that's, that's the case with lizards, too. That some of them, when you lay on their back, it's the way they're designed. Like, I think that's what I read about uh, sharks as well. Like, sharks, if you flip them upside down, there's something about the way they're designed, the way they're designed by the big guy upstairs, that uh, when you do that to them, for whatever reason, they can't stay conscious. It makes sense. It's, isn't there something about sharks you have to, like, push them if they get stopped, like they can't move or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? What do you mean they can't move? Like, they, if you, like, reinsert a shark in the water, you kind of have to give it a little scoot or it won't be able to swim. I don't know. Uh, that kind of makes sense because they're always constantly in motion. Yeah. In some ways, that makes sense. Like, they might not know what to do. Some Bill Nye fact just entered my brain. That's what I was asking. That might be true. So, I'm not impressed with this. You know, the lizard is figured, the frog figured out that it was on its back. He flipped back over. Why is this so this interesting to you? Because she, she she does it to a bunny rabbit. She does it to a bird. No. She does it to a dog. She a covered frog. the dog's. She covered the bird's face. That's what you do. If you cover the bird's face with a like a, a blanket like that, the bird freaks out and just lays there. Look, I was just trying to get off of uh, the disgusting bull. <laughs> yeah, this videos. is this is stupid <laughs> as fuck. I can't believe you made me watch uh, this. Uh, how about the truck crashing into a highway sign? This truck was driving down the highway, and somebody's dashboard cam uh, catches the truck hit one of those overpass signs that say like up a head you know i5 and stuff like that uh it was too tall for the uh, overpass and it's very scary oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah it's it's a very scary video though to uh why is it scary i don't know it's just it, it hit it's uh car accident scary like if you were behind that here it is, <laughs> here it is. boom and that's just you don't see oh, that yeah, it didn't day. even tip over that's fucking impressive as shit yeah so what they had the load up and yeah. they forgot that the loader was up and they were driving yeah it's like a kind of like a dump truck yeah. thing and it, it was up and they didn't know it was imagine up. if that guy worked for you and you're like you fucking dope <laughs> you can't even just look before you drive on the highway you fucking idiot jesus christ that's probably a big problem with running a company though right that you have idiots? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you have people driving shit around for you, like rocks, you got a, bu a, bu a bucket of rocks in the back of that thing. Or, you know, tractor trailer full of rocks, whatever. And you have these dummies that are working for you, dumping these rocks off. And then, all right, we dumped it off. Let's drive. You think we should lower that thing? Yeah, fine. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And he just takes it on the highway like that. Just destroys that sign. Fucks it. You got to pay for that sign, too. Yeah. I'm sure that company has to pay for the sign. We used to have employees. Because uh, I used to be a manager for, for a long time. You used to, like, have How to How scary hire. is that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> if you're one of those people out there with an actual job, but we, imagine Brian being your boss. The worst, though, is that when you hire somebody and then you realize, oh, shit, that was such a mistake. And you can't. It's really hard just to fire somebody. You have to go through, like, certain 
you know, laws and stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, especially for government jobs. Government jobs is real hard. You know, when we learned that, um, well, I kind of always knew it, but we really learned that when it came to Nevada and uh, referees and judges for MMA, really hard to get a judge fired. Really hard. Like, they can, they could prove to be absolutely, totally incompetent, but it's like working at the DMV. Like, once you have one of those government jobs, like you're a government official, official officiator, uh, someone who judges fights like that you might as well have a job working for any other government agency like it's super difficult to fire you especially with something like like fights because if you watch a fight and you've seen a bunch of fights you kind of know who won and who doesn't won but it's subjective like you might decide that one person won but Jamie might decide that another person won and there are fights where people will adamantly like argue one way or the other but there's some that are just undeniable. And when you get those undeniable ones, you're like, what the fuck were you watching? How'd this guy win? And those undeniable ones, you got to step in. You got to fire people. And they can't. They just can't. You can't because it's subjective. All this person has to do is say, hey, I, I officiated 100, show, uh, 100 different fighting shows. And I was uh, never criticized for any of those. Most of the time, you don't get criticized. It has to be completely egregious before you get criticized. But it's fucking hard as shit to fire one of those people. They just, uh, they can dig their heels in, especially if they're a part of a minority group, you know, then they can, you know, get people behind them. And, you know, I've, I've literally heard that conversation before. Like someone say, well, there'd be two different problems. One, uh, firing someone is hard and then firing someone who might be black or a woman, they, they go, is even harder. And I went, you gotta be kidding me. Like when you, if you fire a judge, it's not based on their competency. Like some of it has to be considered like whether or not they're black or a woman. And he goes, absolutely, absolutely. He goes, you might as well be, like I said, firing someone who works for any other government, government agency. You have to treat it like that. Wow. Whereas like, you would just like, it was like roast battle. Okay, let's put roast battle in context, which is an awesome show that people judge. And it's very rare that anybody disagrees on who won the roast battle. But it can get close, right? It can get close. It gets weird. It gets weird. Sometimes people are biased, right? Yeah, they get biased or they're just doing it because they want to see another round. Like the scoring part's just not really even real. I don't Sometimes that does happen. That yeah. definitely happens. But when a guy gets trounced, it's, it's pretty obvious, right. right? But in fights, guys have gotten trounced and still lost or still won. Like the guy who got his ass kicked has still won a decision. That has happened. Not, not just once. A gang of times. There was a lady that was doing that in Vegas, and she was responsible for like two or three really bad decisions. One of them was Pacquiao, um, uh, Timothy Bradley, and uh, there was another. There was another like big fight. I forget what the other one was. Her, I forget, she had like an initial name, like a TJ something or another. The girl with the bangs. retired. Blonde. I don't remember. I remember what she looked like, but I remember uh, people saying that it very well could have been that she was uh, paid off by people. C.J. Ross. Yeah, that was the one. She, I think she's retired. Mm. It's just, she just took so much heat because people gamble on those fights, especially a Pacquiao fight. You're talking about millions of dollars being exchanged. Millions. I mean, how many fucking people bet on a Pacquiao fight? That gets pretty nutty. So this, who knows who came up to that lady and told her, look, all I got to do is yeah, a fucking draw. Is it close? Is it close? It's close, right? It's close, right? It's a draw. So judges in a, like an appointed elected, or not an elected, mm -hmm. appointed official yeah. can't be replaced? It's very hard. Can the system be changed at all? Like the way that very judging hard. is happening? No, very hard to change it. You know who's got a great judging idea is Anthony Hardonk, who used to fight for the UFC, and now he's a... Um, 
uh, trainer, trains at Dynamics in uh, Santa Monica, trains a lot of UFC fighters, but he's got a great idea for a scoring system. And his idea for a scoring, scoring system is totally different than the one they have now. What they have now is it's called the 10-point must system, and it's what boxing uses. So everybody starts out with 10 points. But if, say, you knock me down, then you get, like, you have 10 and I have 8 because you knocked me down. If I lost the round, then it's 9. But 10 nines can kind of go either way. Like, 10 nine, like, I might think you won 10 nine, but somebody else might think Brian won 10 nine. It's, that's real subjective. But once a guy gets knocked down, it's pretty universally 10 eight. Unless a guy was dominating the whole round and then got knocked down, then it would be 9 nine. Then it would be a draw. But that's, that's usually not what happens. Usually when a guy gets knocked down, it's 10 eight. What Hardonk is saying is that that doesn't make any sense and that all of the scores, I know his name's silly, <laughs> but he's from Holland. Um, all of the scores for all the techniques should count. So like the first round might be six, you might have six and he might have two. Because like you beat him up, you did a bunch of things to him, and all those things count as points. And then the next round, it might be uh, you have four and you have three. So even though there's two rounds in the books and you won the first round and he won the second round, he only won the second round by one point, whereas you won the first round by a bunch of points because you're counting up all the different things that you did during that round. So it's accumulative. So instead of this 10-9 system where you can have two 10-9 rounds, but one 10-9 round, you totally kick Jamie's ass. But the next 10-9 round, Jamie barely, barely squeaks by you. Barely. Almost like a roast battle situation where you give it to him because he came back from that first round. And then you're even going into this, the third and final round. But you're not even. The reality is you fucked him up way more than he fucked you up. And he's got a really good point with that. Because the idea of having two 10-9 rounds, and one of them is just vastly different. There's 10-9 rounds where a guy literally does nothing to the other guy, just gets his ass kicked all over the place and just survives, still loses 10-9. And then in the other one, two guys go toe-to-toe, and it's almost indiscernible who won. And that's also 10-9. Stupid. He's totally right. And what his idea is a score shouldn't be like 49, 48, 49, 47. And the third judge, judge scores it. You know, he's like, it really should be a number like 30 and 12 or 37 and 6 oh, or 45 and 13 or 45 and 40. Like where there's big numbers if the fight has a lot of action. Like, a lot of shit, shit's going on. It's not just 10-9. There's head kicks and takedowns. Or there could be a 10-9 round where both guys like Anderson Silva versus Talos Latis. Here's a perfect example. Anderson Silva fought Talos Latis, and neither one exchanged. Neither one did anything. There was many times in that fight it was boring as fuck. Because Anderson's a counter-striker, and Talos is a jiu-jitsu fighter. So Anderson knew that he could pick him apart on the outside and not do much. And Talos knew that if he ran at Anderson, it's like running into a meat chipper so he, or a wood chipper. So he had to figure out which way to, um, which way to, to, to play the fight out. So there was very little action. It was a really boring fight. Well, that's still 10-9. That's a 10-9 round. I mean, that, th these are 10-9 rounds. How could that be a 10-9 round when, you know, come up with something fucking completely crazy and chaotic that could also be a 10-9 round? Like Shogun versus Dan Henderson. They beat the fuck out of each other. That could also be a 10-9 round, you know? And that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. The fights where there's a lot of action, the score should be higher. And I think that would also, it would also show, like, how exciting fighters are. You know, you could say, like, 
Michael Jordan scored 50 points playing for the Chicago Bulls. And everybody's like, holy shit, Jordan. Here, Jordan scored 50 last night. Well, if Ronda Rousey fights uh, Betch Cohea again and b b beats the fucking shit out of her for the first round, but somehow or another, Betch makes it into the second round, and you look at the score, her score for the first round was 162. Cohea had one. You know, like if you see something like that, like that's like holy shit. I actually think it makes it better. How how would you say you'd do it though? Would you just break the round up into quarters and each each quarter you get like ten points or no? You would it would have or... to be just like scoring in basketball. It'd have to be the techniques that land. So like say if you and Jamie are fighting and you hit him with a, a like five leg kicks in a row, you'd have to. You'd have to figure out a way to quantify those leg kicks. Like, what is worth more? Is a leg kick worth two points and a jab worth one point? Is a right hand that rocks you worth five points and one that grazes off you worth one point? You would have to figure out, and it would have to be at least partially subjective. Because the, the real quant, like the real undeniable, measurable thing in a fight is the knockout and the submission. The TKO even is problematic because there's fights that are stopped. We're like, ah, it's just the guy was fucking that guy up, but I would have liked to see the guy had a chance to survive. And then there's other referees where the, the guy could get fucked up way worse and the referee lets it go on. The guy winds up winning the fight. Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard, one or two and three. The first time they fought, Edgar beat him by decision. The second time they fought, Edgar almost knocked him out or um, uh, Gray Maynard almost knocked First fight, Gray Maynard won a decision. Second fight, um, Gray almost knocked him out, and then Frankie wound up making it to the end, and it was a draw. And then the third fight, Gray almost knocked him out again in the first round, and Frankie wound up knocking him out later in the fight. So in fights like that, like a worse referee would have called that fight in the first round, and Gray Maynard would have knocked him out and won the title. So it's one of those weird things where you just got to... There is a certain amount of subjective decision-making that's going to be involved in fights. But I think if the score was based on the actual damage that was done, you'd have to figure out what it's worth, though. What's it worth to have someone's back? What's it worth to mount someone? But I don't think it's a bad thing to figure that out. I think it would be worth a lot for the sport to get outside of this boxing system. Isn't, isn't damage subjective, too, though? Yes, Cause totally. Because one hit from, you know, I mean, you could hit me and Brian both the same way and it's going to hurt us a different mm -hmm. way and Absolutely. how is that counted the same way? hurt me yeah. at all. <clears throat> and some guys can take a shot way better than other guys can and the same shot, like you hit Mark Hunt with it and he'll eat it and smile yeah. at you and the same shot you hit another guy with it and his legs go out and he, he, he's done. Yeah, it's hard to say but it's you you base it on how hard, how hurt the guy was what the impact was, how clear the impact was. There'd be a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors that would play in when you would deal with uh, with scoring a fight. But it's got it's got to be way better than what they're doing right now. What they're doing right now is just terrible. There's just there's so many fights like um, uh, Ramsey Nijim, Nijim. He hates when I say Nijim. I always fuck it up. Ramsey Nijim. He he got robbed in his last fight. Uh, the, the gentleman who. He fought, I forget his name, doesn't matter, but Ram I thought Ramsey clearly won the fight, and they gave it to the other dude. And I was like, that's bullshit. That guy did what he was supposed to do, won the fight, and he didn't win the fight. Why? Because the judges were incompetent. Everybody ringside that was with me, cage side, Joe Silva, uh, Sean Shelby, rather, we were looking at each other, shaking our head like, what the fuck? 
You know, Dana was shaking his head. A lot of people were shaking their head like, this is ridiculous. How the fuck did this happen? This is terrible. This is a goddamn terrible decision. There was another one recently where um, uh, Dana was on record talking about it. There was a, it was a, a big, oh, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson and Benil Dariush. A lot of people thought Michael Johnson won that fight. I thought it was a little closer than um, a lot of people were thinking. I thought Dariush did a lot of stuff that, for whatever reason, people weren't giving him credit for. But still thought Johnson, it was real fucking close. I thought Johnson probably got the nod. I'd have to go over it again with a sound off, maybe, and really try to analyze it point by point. But, you know, a lot of people were pissed. A lot of people who watched it live were really pissed. Um, uh, it would be cool in the future if the technology would be there to be able to ac accurately find out how strong each punch is mm. and like yeah. every, you know, it's almost like you could wear a bracelet that can detect that almost in the future or something right. like that. Right, like or, really detect the amount of damage you've sustained. Yeah. So like, like a video game. Right, so like one big punch is worth like three or four weak ones, you know, like bing, 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 or boom. Right. Yeah, and it's all done by pressure and and vibration of the actual hit or mm -hmm. something. I think also the idea of having three judges is not necessary. I think they should have more than three judges. Why not? Because I think they would probably, if you got five experts, and it's not hard to find judges. You could go on the underground. You can go on mixedmartialarts.com and find a hundred people that are way more competent than anybody's working today, or as competent as the best people working today. I, I really stand by that. I really think fans, like really big time fans, that are they, they probably know more about MMA than most referees, or most judges rather. Because most judges, I think there's a good percentage of them that really don't even give a fuck about the sport. It's just they're doing it. Some of them are fans of the sport, but some of them definitely aren't. So I think that Having more judges would be good, and I think another thing that would be good is allowing the people at home to vote. Allowing oh, yeah. them to vote online. Mm -hmm. So maybe draws would be broken up by the online score. Absolutely. It's not a bad idea. They should totally be more interactive. Why not? The technology is there, and that's, that would make more sense. Than... Do you know how dope that would be? Oh, yeah. If they went, okay, we're going to go to the internet. You know, it's a draw, so we're going to go to the internet. Or just have... A score based mm -hmm. on internet and a score based on reality. Yeah. So the internet score I won by a landslide, but it gets really biased that way. Of course it does. It's part of the fun. <laughs> All star games get ruined in some sports because of those fans can vote stuff. Oh, almost yeah. uh, like baseball. Right. The whole American League was going to be one team this year. You're right. I take it back. It. <laughs> take it back. Plus, there's some fighters that people hate. Everybody hates. Yeah. You know. They like to hate them too. They're like, "Funk that guy's too cocky." Like, there's a lot of people that would like try to like vote against Conor McGregor yeah. just because he's doing too well. I'm hoping that guy falls on his if, face. If you're up in like mm. the third round in this scenario where you can score that way, and you're up like I don't know, 35 to 15, and you kind of just stop because mm -hmm. you're up, right? What, like, what? How do you prevent that, or can you not, or is that just a problem to deal with? I mean, that's just part of the game. But the guy who's down, it's his job to go after you now and try to score and win. Try to knock you out. Try to stop the fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some sometimes where a guy, we all know this, where a guy's going into the third round and he got his ass kicked the first two rounds He's and his corner him. says, you've got to stop him. You've got to finish this fight. He knows it. He knows it and the other guy knows it too. If, he's, if someone has clearly won two rounds in a row, all you have to do is fucking dance around in that third round. And guys have done that before, yeah. and it wound up fucking them over. True. I don't know. I think the system sucks. The system is terrible, but Hard Onk's idea is the best I've ever heard. Doc Hamilton, who's a, a, a very good judge and uh, a longtime martial arts 
uh, practitioner, he had a good system, and his system was a half-point system. His system was instead of 10 points, you could use half points too. So like in cases where it's like real close, you could say, well, that guy won, but he only won by half a point. Or he won by a point, where it's really clear. Or he won by two points, if he's really got his ass kicked. Like, utilize the point system and make it a bit more obvious that there's a gap. And that'll accumulative, that will, uh, that'll add up towards the end of a third round. You would be able to add that. Like, oh, the first round he won by half a point, but the second round he won by two points. And then it would all, like, it would show up better. I just think the ten-point system, as they use it right now really is lame and it comes from boxing it's just it's not a good system for mma it's a good system for boxing right because boxing is pretty much boxing mma has so many different kinds of scoring that mm -hmm. like like you could be on the ground and have being choked out the whole entire round and that has to mean something yeah you know? yeah and it's also like who decides like if you say if you beat a guy up standing you you, you beat him up for like the first minute hit him with a ton of punches but then he takes you down and gets on top of you for four minutes but doesn't do anything hits you with like a few pity pat punches but most of the time you defend yourself a lot of times people will think that, that guy who was on the bottom getting hit with the pity pat punches by the guy who's on top of him lost the round even though he beat the shit out of that guy for the first minute like he did way more damage that first minute that guy's cut he's beat up his eyes swelling he got hit with bombs but he survived enough to get the takedown and then because he was on top for more time people would give him that round so it's goofy as fuck man it's really hard to figure out how to do a, a better job of scoring it but I think that Hardock has the best idea I've ever heard. And uh, I'm going to have him on the podcast someday, someday soon, because he's out here. He's out uh, near Woodland Hills. So um, I'm going to have him on soon and uh, have him talk about it and talk about training and stuff like that, too. But I think his, his system is way better. Here's something I wanted to bring up, because it's pretty fucking crazy. Um, there was a, a new study that was out in uh, Reset Me, you know, Amber Lyons' company. She, by the way, has become a complete drug addict. Are you serious? She's a total <laughs> druggie now. Uh, just kidding. That's hilarious. I'm kidding. I mean that in the nicest way. Amber, call me. She's a, um, Colin. He's got the shit. Uh, she's become like a complete psychedelic head. She, that's all she does. Like She's just traveled around the world doing psychedelics. But she wrote this, um, she's got this new website. It's called reset.me, obviously, to uh, sort of signify the, the the profound effects of psychedelics and that's the uh, the name of uh, the uh, the website and what many people think that psychedelics do and so this guy professor david nutt um had this uh that's his name too not as funny as hard donk but it's pretty close both thick guys three so we had a three-day conference uh it's called breaking convention that's held in london and basically what they're saying it's it's to explore the benefits of psychedelics but they're saying that psilocybin switches off part of the brain that causes depression which is insane that's a uh, that's amazing like go to that story um so you know there, there's all these problems that they have with trying to legalize different things that are beneficial like legalizing for soldiers people with ptsd but they found a lot of different drugs that can help people that that have been through traumatic situations um, psilocybin is one of them. MDMA is a big one. M MDMA apparently has profound effects for people who have seen horrific things. And uh, profound in the fact that it lets them change their perspective on it and literally change their memory, change what it means to them to have had this experience and allows forgiveness. 
in a way that's like really unprecedented. So um, this guy, Professor Nutt, it's a really interesting article. There's a lot of different talk about psychedelics in it, but about uh, the uh, the potential for drugs like uh, psilocybin, LSD, and uh, and cannabis too. And that um, he's talking about how because these drugs are illegal, uh, patients are suffering, committing suicide because they're not getting treated for their depressions as pain or their pain. Rather, it's interesting because I think more and more as time's going on, you're seeing these things become mainstream. These subjects become mainstream. The John Hopkins uh, psilocybin study. There's been uh, quite a few different studies that have come out that have shown the benefits of a lot of different drugs to, to dealing with things that are conventionally, you know, what do they give you for depression? They give you SSRIs or they give you something else. But this is a completely different effect. And that's actually what Ari said. Ari has said that psilocybin was what really helped his depression, helped it in a big way. It's interesting. When I was in Toronto, I... I Allegedly, maybe I've ate some shrooms both nights I was there. Is it illegal to say you ate shrooms? And I don't know. Nowadays, they they check your Twitter when you're going through the airport. What? Yeah. They Come put, on. Yeah, every time I go travel now, me and Tony both get put into a room, and then what? they check your Twitter to see, like, where are you working tonight, huh? Oh, okay, here we go, Tony. Oh, okay. Tony actually got caught, allegedly. Doing uh, what? Um, because I think they recently passed this law where you don't have to do this anymore, but when you work in Canada as a comedian, you have to get a work permit and that causes the place. Oh yeah. But if it's like a really small little show, it's like a lot of places like, ah, just, you know, you're here on vacation or whatever. And I think. Who said that? The people that are booking the show? Yeah. They're idiots. Yeah. I know. You can't do that. We found this out. This is like early on. Eddie Bravo did that too. Yeah. And so, uh, but Tony said that they uh, just went on his Twitter page and just was like, where, where are you at? And they grounded him and made him fly back. You should have told me he doesn't have a Twitter. Was he retarded? No, they just Googled his name. Oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing that's cool about having a fake last name. Um, mm, but yeah. yeah, what were we talking about right before that? Um, mushrooms? Oh, yeah. So mushrooms? when I ate mushrooms, this was the first time where I actually never, I didn't eat to try to trip hard. I was mm-hmm. just like, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit while I'm at this bar. And so it was just enough that I immediately felt insane amount, like amounts of happiness. And I wasn't like seeing anything or or like it wasn't like, like a trippy experience. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I know a lot of people that do that thing where you eat a little bit of mushrooms every day. Have you yeah. heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if that has there's something to that because uh, that could be almost like a like, imagine being prescribed like a happy pill every day mm-hmm. and it was just ground up mushrooms but it was just a smaller amount uh, where you're not seeing anything but you still feel happy because that's how I felt and it caused me to eat more when I was like oh this is great mushrooms so but then I got out of that just happiness and then I started tripping and seeing things mm-hmm. but. This small amount that I originally ate made me feel really happy. I was bouncing off the walls. Happy. That's a common thing that people do. They microdose and they take it all day. Yeah. yeah, it's real common. People do that. And it, it, it definitely has an interesting effect. I've taken small doses before. And it makes you just feel relaxed. It also makes the things that you thought were super important seem so silly. Like things that were bothering you, you're like, who cares? Like, whatever. Like, you feel like if someone was mad at you and like, God, why is that person mad at me? You t- take a little microdose of mushrooms and you're like, I feel, I almost feel bad for them being mad at me. You know, like people talking shit about you, whereas like it would hurt your feelings. You take a little mushrooms, you like feel bad for them. Like this person is lashing out and this 
ridiculous way. Mushrooms are beautiful, man. They're so important. Mm-hmm. It's so gross that they're illegal. It's so bizarre that after all these different years, all these different studies, there's never been one that's shown that it kills people, never been one that's shown that it causes you to lose your brain or even get diarrhea. I mean, there's just nothing. There's no reason why it should be illegal. There's no, like, glaring health issue. And yet, still, you, you could go to jail as much as you would go to jail if you had probably more so than heroin, right? Isn't heroin a Schedule 2? Haven't we gone over this before? Yeah. Like, marijuana and mushrooms, the Schedule 1s, like, a lot of the Schedule 1s are, like, super beneficial, and they're the most illegal. If you look at the Schedule 1 versus Schedule 2 chart, I think Schedule 2 is cocaine, because they have medical cocaine. It's like schedule the idea of schedule one is no medical known medical use. And to have marijuana and psilocybin, two of the most beneficial plants of all time, in the no known medical use category just shows how corrupt these criminals are. Because that's just a lie. Like anybody could go to them with a, a series of links. Like I, I can email them. Tell tell me who it is that's the head of the drug czar guy. I'll email you just a gang of links. You click on those links, and then tell me if you think it's still Schedule One after it's over. And if you do think that, you're a crook. I think the only difference between like a cocaine or a psychedelic is that it will speed up schizophrenia and crazy people, and then we'll just have way too much crazy people in this world if mushrooms were illegal. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or maybe they're going to be crazy anyway. I mean, there is an argument for that. That there's a certain amount of people that was the what, that was in uh, the culture high, where they talked about it accelerating psychosis and uh, paranoia and That's all the right. different issues, and they were saying there's no jump. Even though more people are smoking pot than ever, there's no statistical jump in the amount of people that are psychotic for weed. But, mush- but mushrooms, I think, will definitely break you. If you have mild schizophrenia and you're going to get it later in life, you'll probably speed it up by twice. You're not a Maybe. scientist. I'm I don't Dr. Know if you Brian. Be throwing that around, <laughs> but I do think that pot, if you eat it, is just as likely to do you in. Maybe even more so because pot, if you eat it, is not reassuring. Like there's no sweetness to the, the to the overdose when you're when you're eating pot. It's just fear, fear and death and spiral and I don't know what you trip out about when you um when you take mushrooms. Heart or um not mushrooms, uh, edible pot. But for me, it's always like mortality and the death of friends and people oh, getting wow. sick around you and the body ceasing to to work properly. Especially people that I know like you that smoke cigarettes and shit like that. I freak out about you when I eat pot. <laughs> I do because I feel like there's people around me that are poisoning themselves and they don't see it. I'm like, oh Jesus, what is he doing? Fuck. The eating pot is, uh, that's the, for me, is like one of the big paranoia inducers of all the different psychedelics and drugs. Do you still eat pot? I don't Fuck eat yeah. pot anymore. Don't be a pussy. Get back in there. Um, the uh, head of the DEA, I'll try to highlight this statement so you can read it. This was like two weeks ago he said this mm-hmm. in a report with conference call. If you want me to say that marijuana is not dangerous, I'm not going to say that because I think it is. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's as dangerous as heroin? Probably not. I'm not an expert. <laughs> Well, who's the fucking expert? It's hilarious. That's the head of the DEA, and he's not an expert. And he's saying <laughs> stupid shit that marijuana is dangerous. Yeah. I think it is. You think it's dangerous, Chuck Rosenberg, you fucking dunce? That's so goofy. You know it's not dangerous. You know what's dangerous? Idiots. Idiots are dangerous if you give them wiffle ball bats, if you give them spoons and electrical sockets. You know, give them a fork and a toaster, they're dangerous. People are dumb, man. Heroin is clearly more dangerous than marijuana. Okay, he said that. Hold on. Then this week, Rosenberg evolved further. 
After a press briefing on Wednesday where the people shit in his mouth, he told reporters that heroin is clearly more dangerous than marijuana. According to Huffington Post, Rosenberg said he still considers marijuana to be harmful and dangerous, but was willing to make a firm distinction between it and other substances. Well, he's a fool. You can't say harmful and dangerous unless you have data. You are a DEA agent. You're the head guy. You should have data. You know, that's the whole idea. Like, can you say that aspirin is dangerous? Yes, you can. You know why? Because aspirin, regular old aspirin, kills a fuckload of people every year. A lot. What's Thousands. They die from it. You overdose from aspirin. You take too much aspirin. Okay, let's guess. Let's guess. How many do you think die every year from aspirin? Well, now I'd that you know that people die from aspirin. Right. I'd probably say 70,000 people. 30,000 people a year. Really? I was going to say a few hundred. Well, no, I'm just thinking that a lot of people have aspirin, and that's probably something that people try to overdose to kill themselves on. Uh, I know aspirin also saves people's lives, because that's what you're supposed to take if you're feeling like you're going to have a heart attack. And also, they say, is a preventative measure, like yeah. taking a little bit of aspirin. that Because aspirin is an anti-inflammatory, and taking anti-inflammatory... Like, the big issue with health, or one of the big issues, I should say, is inflammation. It's a big causer of a lot of different diseases. And that's why they say that if you clean up your diet, your body becomes less inflamed. You have uh, That's one of the, the benefits of uh, cryogenic chamber, too. They think that the cryo, uh, cryo treatments provide uh, those cold shock proteins and anti-inflammation responses, and they clean up inflammation inside the body, leading to less disease. That's one of the theories behind it. How long do you do that at, at a time? Three minutes. Is it like torture three minutes, or is it like, okay, all right, this it's not is fun. almost too long? It's cold as fuck, dude. Jesus. FDA reverses its position on daily aspirin use. Look at this, man. They used to tell you you need to take aspirin. If you haven't had a heart attack... Step away from the aspirin bottle. If you're one of the 40 million Americans who take aspirin every day, wow, 40 million. The FDA says, let's see how many people. If you had a guess, Jamie, how many people do you think died? 750. Hmm, okay. I said, what, 40,000? Yeah. <laughs> Each year. All right, here we go. I'm saying 200. 200. Let's see, animal causes. Oh! 15,000? 15,000. Oh, my God. Look at this. Each year, 15,000 people die and 100,000 people are hospitalized as the result of aspirin and other NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Wow. That's insane. Is aspirin insane. you're not supposed to give kids when they have a fever? Or is that Tylenol? Dude, listen to this. I don't know. But listen to this crazy statistic. Aspirin kills 400% more people than the swine flu. Nearly 100,000 Americans die every year from adverse reactions to FDA-approved prescription drugs. What? That's insane. Did you know that? God damn. Yeah. These numbers are nuts. This, that's incredible, man. 107,000 patients are hospitalized annually for non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which also includes, by the way, ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is also a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. That's the period one, right? No, no, it's uh, <laughs> ibuprofen, Advil, headache stuff. Oh. Advil's the best. It's the best for headaches and anything, like muscle aches, torn muscles Advil? or anything. Yeah. Why, do you, why do you like Advil? I was always a Tylenol guy. It's ibuprofen. Tylenol sort of like, I think 
if I had to guess, I think dulls the pain more, whereas ibuprofen gets the source of the pain more, which is inflammation. Mm. But uh, most athletes prefer ibuprofen. I think it has, like, less risk factors, too. But apparently a lot of people get fucked up by anti-inflammatories. I just can't believe it's that high. The numbers are nuts, man. Swine flu is safer than aspirin. <laughs> uh, 16,500 non-steroidal anti-inflammatory deaths occur among patients with rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis each year in the United States. Whoa. That's a nutty number, man. 16,500 deaths from, from anti-inflammatory pills. From ibuprofen and aspirin. Wow. So those those drugs are 1,000% more deadly than swine flu. Are those accidental deaths? Does it say that? Like, does anyone use it to commit suicide? People definitely use it to commit suicide. Definitely. But it's hard. That's a bad suicide, apparently. That's a rough one. It takes a long time to end, too. My headache's gone. I feel great. I feel too good. What do you think is the number one method of suicide? Definitely, Overdose, right? Definitely. Or cutting. Cutting, like cutting your neck? I mean, I know girls that cut, and they're not even trying to kill themselves. So I would imagine cutting is... <laughs> Just cut after they fuck you. They're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Cut something Have off. you known a lot of cutters? It's weird how many cutters are out in Los Angeles. It's not that many cutters. It's all the girls you're dating. Uh, it's the pool you're drawing from. Most guys are like, what the fuck is he talking about? People are listening to this right now going, dude, most people don't cut themselves. Most people don't cut themselves, Brian. Have you seen that new uh, 3D dis uh, projector display? It's one of the most... Oh, uh, change the subject. Talking about <laughs> people dying. I, want, I would just want, before we get into that, I just really wanted to... What do you think the number one method for suicide is? I'd say if you had a guess. Cutting. Cutting? Mm-hmm. Like cutting wrists? Really? Cutting throat? Jumping off something, probably. Jumping off something. Jumping bridge. I'm going to say overdose. I say overdose. But gunshots got to be in there somewhere, oh, right? Yeah. All right, let's, let's Google number one method... Of suicide. Number one. Death by chocolate. No, it's funny when you write number one method in um, Google, mm -hmm. homicide comes up first. Homicide. That's that's what the Google suggestion to fill in the oh. blank. Number one method of homicide. How many people just Google that because they fucking hate their wife, right. they hate their husband, and like, fucking piece of shit, what's the best method? Or that's your own personal cash, Joe. No, it's not. Yeah, because no, I, I have different things. When I type in stuff, it, different things come up than you, your stuff. Please. In Google, if yeah. you never Googled that before, I've never Googled that before. Wait, what you put, type in? Number one method of. Number one method, method of. And I'll say oh, yeah, homicide. it's just homicide. Yeah, see? Fuck off. Did you know, though, if you're logged, <laughs> if you're logged in, though, sometimes it comes up different? Because I, I said something like. Dude, uh, we're wrong. We're way wrong. What? We're really wrong. Number one is firearm. So he's shooting. 50%. That makes sense. 50% they shoot themselves. 24% they hang themselves or suffocate. Poisoning, which I thought was number one, is only 16%. Jumping off shit, Jamie thought, 2.3%. Cut, 1%. Wow. 1.8%. Totally lost that. Drowning is 1.1%. Fire is 0.4%. Ooh. Who would do that? <laughs> That's crazy. Transporter-related. That means you jump in front of a truck. Oh. <laughs> Transporter. <laughs> what a, what what a, a weird, weird euphemism. Transporter related. That's 0.4%. I'm going to die by transporting. Yeah, well, how weird, man. Firearms, 50. That's America, though. That's America. That's how we do. When in doubt, take it out. 
it's a way, scary way to die, knowing that you're going to pull that trigger and it's all going to go blank. But I've known more than one person that's done it. In my lifetime, I've known uh, several people that have killed themselves with guns. The, the weird article is like when someone does something like that, they go, you know, we need to change the gun laws. <laughs> what? Like when someone kills someone with a gun, we need to change gun laws. Well, I guess it's kind of easier to kill someone if you have a gun, but if somebody wants to kill you, it's because they want to kill you. It's not because they have a gun. It's not like you have a gun and go, I'm thinking about fucking killing somebody now that I got this gun. No, you, don't, you only use a gun to kill somebody because you want to kill them. Unless it's an accidental gun shooting and then you're dealing with a totally different situation. But the idea that giving someone a gun makes them more likely to kill people, I'm not sure if I buy that. When the L.A. riots were going on, a lot of people had their own personal firearms. And uh, this guy I know, he said he had to like go on the roof of his apartment with a gun because they were trying to break into his house and stuff like that. Mm. And he actually had to shoot somebody. He uh, shot somebody? Yeah, in, in like the arm or something like that, I think he said. Uh, Who is this guy? I don't want to say. Might be a bullshitter. I can tell you off air. Is he a bullshitter? No, no, absolutely not. Occasionally, never. Yeah. No. What's his dick taste like? Uh, Popcorn. Your, your poop. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, Anthony Bourdain covered that on one of his shows. Um, the riots in uh, Koreatown, where the Koreans had to uh, arm themselves and get on top of their buildings because mm -hmm. all the cops were in Beverly Hills. Remember that shit? Koreatown just sort of got ransacked. And these guys were on top of their roofs with rifles. They were getting in trouble for having guns out. But um, if you look, there was like this giant wall of cars that guarded Beverly Hills. It was really kind of fucked up and racist and creepy. That was a creepy moment. The way the police shielded parts of Los Angeles for the riots and didn't do anything to protect other parts. And obviously they were given mandates. Obviously there was someone that was telling them what they're supposed to do and not supposed to do. But the weird choice was to just so openly and clearly defend wealthy people. There's a lot to lose in the wealthy people's houses worth millions and billions of dollars and a lot of, you know. Mm -hmm. Totally. Histories and yeah, but what so the poor people and their stores aren't worth as much? Yeah, that but their seems PlayStation crazy. 2 can get replaced easier than like a painting that was made by Da Vinci. Code. No, 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 no. You're not looking at it right. They're, they're talking about businesses. They're talk, there was, these people were on businesses. Like these businesses probably got a million dollars worth of merchandise. And their business is getting broken into. It's, it's really not that much different than a rich person's house. It's just the fact that it's a business in Koreatown. That it, that riot was uh, in the new NWA movie. It was cool seeing them remake that riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an article about um, um, art thieves and about how little. Did you read that today? It was mm -hmm. out today about how few uh, works of art ever get recovered when there's art theft. It's really interesting. There's uh, when I lived in Boston about 25 years ago. There was this big uh, art. Uh, big uh, stolen art event where these people broke into the, I think it was, I don't remember which, I want to say the Getty, but I know I'm wrong. It's not the Getty Museum. There was a... Huntington? No, no, no. There was a museum in Boston, and it was a big-time museum, and these guys broke into it 25 years ago and stole a shitload of Rembrandts, and like, here it is. What is it? The two suspects... This is what you're talking about, I guess. 25 years ago, these guys are dead now, though, but... They are? Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, just recently. This article's recently? Last, last August, August 7th. 7th. Huh. 
Um, the two men suspected of masquerading as police officers to rob an art museum of $500 million worth of masterpieces in 1990 are dead, the FBI said. Two years ago, investigators announced they knew who stole 13 works, including paintings by Rembrandt and Vermeer. I don't know who that dude is. From Boston's Isabella Stewart, the Gardner Museum. That's what it is. But they refused to elaborate, saying only the investigator was, yes, investigation was focused on recovering the artwork. So this, the suspects are dead. What's, but it's interesting, $500 million worth of art, and no one's ever recovered the art. So someone's got the art. Do you think it's just like North Korea? Like they just have like a bunch of galleries like, yes, we have all the most famous American paintings and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, I think it's rich people. Yeah. I think it's really, really rich people that don't give a fuck where that art came from. They have a private collection, and they walk by it, and they laugh You know that they bought a Rembrandt, that they have a Picasso. But I think that it's dangerous for them because if they get caught, they know what that fucking thing is. It's like if you if you have a Rembrandt in your wall, I don't know about you, but me, I would have no idea what it is. <clears throat> someone have to tell me, you know. I would, but to someone who's like a serious art collector enough that they're willing to spend millions of dollars on a painting, they're gonna know exactly what that thing is. But people are creepy, man. People that are collectors, like collectors of things, people get real creepy about real specifics. Like they want a Picasso. They have a Rembrandt. They have a, a this guy, a that guy, and they need a Picasso. I need a Picasso, but nothing is on the market. And then some guy comes up to you and says, I know something that's about to go on the market. And, uh, you know, right now uh, it is in a collection uh, that is public, and it will no longer be public. And someone will own it, and it could be you. Would you be interested in this? And you're like, well, what are we talking here? Like, what, what are we saying? Well, we'll show you a photograph, and uh, you know, and they'll show you like what it is, and they'll go, well, uh, maybe. What are we talking here? Well, we're talking about two million dollars. Oh, okay. I think we could work something out. And then they have to figure out how to exchange money where it doesn't get traced. And yeah, and then have it looked at and appraised mm -hmm. to make sure it's real. I mean, well, that's people, that's that's tough. That that whole mm -hmm. black market thing. Well, people have been busted doing that. They've been busted doing that with statues. There was a Rome sta Roman statue that they brought this guy in. Brian Callen told me the story. And then I uh, went and listened to it on something else where this guy had this statue and all they had spent so much money appraising it and they, they bought it. And uh, they brought in this expert. And the expert literally looked at it for a few minutes and goes, can you get your money back? And he's like, what are you talking about? He goes, can you get your money back? This is fake. You need to get your money back. He's like, what? And apparently he had bought it from a legitimate source, but the legitimate source had been swindled. It's like they can figure out a way to actually add mold to shit to make it look super old. They bury things underground and add mold to them. Like they figure out a way to have, because if you can find something like um, something that's like really old like that. Like somebody gave me a coin. Mark Gordon gave me a coin. It's an 1,800-year-old coin from Rome, but there's a fuckload of them. Like, you know, they made a bunch of them. This, this guy, um, whoever the, the, the guy was at the time, had a shitload of his coins made. You can get a hold of them. They're not cheap, but you can get them. But a statue from back then, like a, just a really complex, well-worked piece of sculpture is probably worth insane amounts of money. You know, if there's only one of them and it's 1,800 years old, 2,000 years old, it's probably worth millions of dollars. So if someone could sit around and figure out how to fake it, so you make one, you make it real close, and then you slowly like chip away at it and add to it and then figure out a way to simulate erosion and then figure out a way to get this, uh, this mold in it. And this mold was apparently the right mold for the area. So it had a lot of people fooled. 
But this one art expert just looked at it and it's like, this is, a, this is not right. This is not real. Like he just knew. He could just tell because he just seen so many of them. Whereas most people, I mean, if you're a guy whose your, your expertise is in appraising ancient statues, you develop a finely honed sense of what an ancient statue looks like. So for him, it was like really obvious, like right away, like some, this, the hue is off, something's off, this can't be real. Holy shit, you got to get your money back quick. Whereas, you know, you or I would be like, whoa, dude, it's like 3,000 years old. I heard it's 5,000 years old. We'd both be retarded and fucking staring at the stupid thing. Meanwhile, yeah. Mike from Calabasas made it. Fat Jew made it. Fat Jew made it. He doesn't make anything, does he? What is this? Uh, that movie documentary, Tim's Vermeer, mm -hmm. uh, that Vermeer just came up on here. It made me think of it. Someone, I don't remember which guest brought it up, but this is a really, really great documentary Penn Jillette made about oh, this yeah. uh, millionaire guy. He actually runs the company that... Uh, uh, makes the new tech TriCaster we use here. Mm -hmm. um, he figured out this really long process of how to recreate. Uh, he made a forgery, but no one knew how to make the forgery. And he spent years figuring out how this guy Vermeer actually was making these photorealistic paintings and then figured out how to do it himself and was making paintings like like a uh, factory almost that were indecipherable from actual Vermeer's. Indistinguishable? Yeah. yeah uh, wow, like that's art, amazing. Art guys. It's a really cool documentary, really worth checking out. I heard good things about this. It's, it's, aw it's awesome. I don't like, I'd like to watch it again just to like, get inspired at the amount of work this guy put in. Anytime Pendulette gets involved in something, it's always going to kick Absolutely. ass. He's a smart dude. He looks weird now, though. He's lost a lot of weight. I never say that it's bad for someone to be healthy, but he's unhealthy for so long. You kind of recognize him as being this big, fat guy. And now all of a sudden he's like super thin. It's like Jim Norton him? is like really thin right now. It's really weird great. seeing. Yeah. It's healthy as fuck. It's healthiest. He, he t texted me the other day about cryo chambers. He wants to start freezing. That uh, I was gonna, I, I sent you guys a link, a uh, three, new 3D display that doesn't require glasses. We've talked about it in the past a lot of uh, what would be so cool is not 3D TVs, but not having to wear glasses right. and watch a TV and stuff. And uh, Gizmodo actually had a pretty good uh, article using Cara Santa Maria as an example of the 3D technology. And it's using a, a whole bunch of different projectors uh, and screens, but I guess it's really realistic. Like if you're staring at it and you walk around her, it's, it, it looks like her standing right in front of you. And they have a... Wow. So yeah. it's a hologram. It kind of is a hologram, but I think they're... they're go go uh, full screen on that, young Jamie. Um, so here's the, so that's a fake dude or a real dude? No, this is a real dude. This is how it's uh, they're actually showing they make it. Those are all cameras uh, around him, I believe, or lights. It said 30 cameras. 30 cameras. So those are just yeah. lights. So the 30 cameras are capturing 30 different images. Right. And There's so the, three rows of 10 images. Yeah. So they're recording all of him in all the different angles. Uh, both it's Morgan up and Spurlock. Down. That's the Super Size Me guy. Mm -hmm. And so... They're recording him moving in all sorts of different ways. And then they, what do they do with it? See, now this is, I think, showing what they're feeling, filming. Like if you were to walk around. Wow. And then. Uh, so they can take this, the, what we're looking at, and somehow or another project it in front of you like a hologram, right? Yeah. If you can, so like that magic leap technology sort of a thing? Kind of. Uh, here, hold on, let's see. Let's turn this up a little so we can yeah. hear what's going on. 6,000 LED lights and 50 high-definition cameras. After they captured all this data, 
they put it together to make a 3D model of me. And then they were able to project that onto the screen as you see me now. Wow. So it, it looks like it is a screen, but it's a 3D screen. So if you were to stare at it, you would be able to walk to the side, to the left, to the right. They had this guy who's a Holocaust survivor. Imagine going through the Holocaust all the way to 2015, and they turned you into a crazy 3D animated thing. And you were, what, a, what a series of generational jumps that guy's passed through. Just think how cool it's going to be when this gets a little bit better in the future, like the Hall of Presidents at Disneyland, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that, where you're actually, holy shit, Abraham Lincoln's sitting right in front of me. Yeah, you're going to get real holographs, real holograms, rather, that are just, you'll probably be shocked when your hand goes through them. And they're going to get to a point, especially if this magic leap is in any way indicative of what it's going to really look like when it's done. Because right now you're looking at it, and it's like, how much of that is proof of concept? How much of that is the actual video of Magic Leap? If you don't know what Magic Leap is, Google it. It's a wild new hologram thing that they're doing where they have like a, an elephant dancing inside a person's palm. They had a, um, a little ballerina that was on a girl's bed. It was like a four-inch ballerina. But I don't know. Do you know like how much of that is real? That was all uh, demo. Like I think that's not real. I think that's just saying what in the future it's what gonna it will look like. look like. I think I remember reading someone has tried it, but he had to be very careful about what he was allowed to say. Yeah. He actually experienced. Like, he a, had a very, very uh, rudimentary, very early version of it. It's a giant football helmet-sized thing he had to wear. It was projecting things in front of his eyes onto a screen-like thing. But they're doing something called light field augmentation. It's they're make it's like brand new technology that no one else has used. We can't compare it to anything. I wonder what how they're projecting it. Like if so right now he's gotta wear this helmet thing. And then eventually they'll break it down to like a Google Glass type size or sunglasses or something like that. But I wonder how they're projecting it in front of you. Like how is it just a is it a recreation the, of three D depth? I was reading it they're putting they're actually projecting light into your eye. Like we're 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 expect, expect excuse me accepting light into our eye right now like through our irises, but they're gonna shoot light into your eye like lasers type stuff. How long before someone goes blind or has eye cancer? They're saying now that cell phones absolutely cause cancer. Have you, have you seen that? Are you serious? Yeah, there's a study that says that they're pretty positive that cell phones cause cancer. It's gonna go to our, most people's. Hand, is there such thing as hand cancer? Because that's what would be the most, right? From texting all day. I don't think people get hand cancer that much. Hands are pretty durable. Um, but uh, let's see this. Cell phones cause cancer. Cell phones and the cancer risk. Yeah, there was a recent article about it where they were talking about. It. I'm trying to find the recent version of it. Don't smoke your cell phone. Berkeley. Berkeley says cell phones cause tumors. This is from uh, just a couple months ago. Yeah, Berkeley is the first city to... Well, Berkeley's filled with hippies. <clears throat> first city to mandate cell phone carriers inform buyers of potential radiation exposure. A neuroscientist on why it's premature to claim co phones cause cancer. That might have been what I read from the Daily Beast. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense, though. I think that it's probably... It's probably not good to have all these Wi-Fi signals running through our fucking houses constantly. I mean, how could it be good that you're throwing hundreds of megabytes around the room in the air, right? I mean, this phone is, I mean, this, uh, 
This laptop's downloading shit right now. It's completely uh, unconnected by wires. Yours is as well. Isn't it weird? There is. There's movies in the air right now around us. There's like dick pics right next to your cheek. Mm -hmm. Radios. Radio <laughs> signals in the air. Cell phones. So signals signals are in the air. Yeah. Well, they say that's fucks with bees. That bees, apparently, they hear it like a jackhammer. Like, the, ways, the way bees communicate, they're... I think they're pretty positive that bees are negatively impacted by the sounds and the signals that are flying around them all the time. Wi-Fi, cell phone, radio, all that jazz. That it's fucking with their peace. See, I don't know how much we feel or how much it impacts us. But what I do know is every time I go somewhere where there's no cell phone, where it's like Alaska or Montana or something like that where you're out in the real wilderness, it seems different. Like, the, the actual physical environment of the air seems different. Like, when you're standing out there, you're like, what is this? this is a different kind of solitude. This is a different kind of silence. It's just, like, real silence. It's not like there's, there's something missing in the air. And it could be just totally bullshit. It could be a placebo. It could be just the fact that you know that you can't get a cell phone signal. And there's no one for miles. You can't see anybody. That it just, like, gives you this feeling of solitude that sort of accentuates the you know, the quiet of the environment, but it might not be. It might be, there There might be an actual physical thing, like a ee, that you're feeling in your brain that you can't quite put your finger on, but it's there all the time. It just makes me wonder, though, if we could look at it like something like a gnat, though, and be like, well, they would feel it first, you know? They're so small that just a tiny gnat, or what are those little red dots that are insects that are always, like, walking around on bricks and stuff? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a bright orange dot, and you're like... I'll just accept that that's a bug, that orange dot. No, I don't know what you're talking about. What I'm talking about? It's little dots. No. They're like these little insects. It looks like a little red dot. It's like a pixel, but but they're super small. I don't know if they have them in California, maybe. There's two articles in a row here. It's official. Cell phones are killing bees. And then right below it, cell phones don't kill bees. <laughs> one of them is from 2011, May 21st. The other one is May, 20, May 19th, 2011. It's hilarious. How the fuck is someone supposed to figure it out? To be squirt. I think they were saying that it interferes with them. So let's see. So bees and cell, bees, uh, cell phones interfere. Let's do this. Interfere. Study links bees decline to cell phones. This is on CNN. Yeah. And they're saying that the cell phone signals... Somehow or another, cell phone radiation may be contributing to the decline of bee populations in some areas of the world. You know, Radiolab had this interesting story about bees, where um, in China, they, because of what, what are you, what are you pulling up here, Jamie? It says it doesn't? Yeah. See, that's the government, though. Those are criminals. This is a criminal website. CCD. This might, be, might as well be ISIS. Who knows if they're telling you the truth? <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, but this is a Huffington Post, bro. It says it's real. What was I just saying? Oh, decline in bees. In China, they did this uh, study where they found out that they had rapidly declining bee populations for whatever reasons, pollution, whatever. And so they decided that they were going to have to figure out another way to pollinate some of their plants. So they did apple trees. So they hand-pollinated the apple trees. And their yield went through the roof. Because apparently... 
when you have bees do it, bees are sloppy fucks. They don't even know what they're doing. It's like you're asking someone to do something and they don't even know what they're doing. And they're idiots. You know, bees are just little robots, little insect robots. They just run around and they, they, they get this pollen and they accidentally spread it. They're not doing it on purpose. But when you have people do it on purpose, they had people doing it with paintbrushes. And when they had the people doing it with paintbrushes, like significant increase in yield. But then people wanted more money and then they realized that you know in china like the more lucrative the business became the more people organized and said we want more money and the more they decided it was cost prohibitive but they tried this is all from a radio lab um podcast call i think it's called worth don't quote me on that though but it was all about how much are things worth and one of the things that they were talking about were how much how much is it worth to have bees pollinate these plants that you don't think about it that way you think about it like oh it's just a part of nature but if you had to put a monetary value on it then maybe you would think more carefully about maintaining healthy bee populations you know and I think the number they were using was like in the billions that having healthy bee populations that pollinate plants is worth X amount of billions of dollars in labor whether or not that's true yeah Seems like you could use, like those little robot drone things, we could almost make our own robot bees in the future. Well, you know? they have done that. Yeah. They have done that. Monsanto did that. Monsanto has drone bees. You ever seen them? No. Pull them up, Jamie. Monsanto drone bees. Wait to see this. This is uh, the idea, I think, is once we pollute the atmosphere to the point where bees can't live anymore, they're going to release these fucking insect hordes. Drones. Out into the fields, these horrible little monsters. Boston Dynamics just uh, released a new robot uh, video running through a forest, and it's very creepy looking. Oh, it's terrifying. It it's looks like a, an army soldier. Those fucking things are terrifying, man. Boston Dynamics, are they make some of the scariest shit. Did you find any Monsanto bees, drone bee? No. I sent you the link of the other robot one, though, if you want to look at that. Why yeah, are you I have that. I I'm trying to. The only stuff I'm finding on this Monsanto bee are sites that don't look legit. Yeah, maybe that robotic was... bees to pollinate Monsanto crops. Yeah, that Earth, sounds like a troll. Earthfirstnews.wordpress.com. Dude, that's it though. Go to it and they'll show you the the bee. I know, but that's where I'm at. Is it fake? It might be. Go to Snopes. Is it's it on mono, a WordPress? It's from Harvard. It says the Harvard monolithic bee. I got the YouTube video. Harvard. Um, Microbiotics Lab have been working with its microair vehicles project since 2009, working on it. Barring from the biomechanics and social organization of bees, the team of researchers is undergoing the creation of a tiny winged robot. Look at this fucking thing, man. Is that real? It seems real. It's the size of a penny. Whoa. So they cut that bee out of that thing. The little circuit board. Published reports from the lab also describe potential military uses, surveillance, and mapping, but the dime-sized cyber bees have yet to be outfitted with neurotoxin tip stingers. Yuck, yuck, yuck. This looks real as fuck, dude. If this is fake, this is a really elaborate sort of a hoax. That or it's like, you know, a final at some college, you know, some engineers. Like was, yeah. That was my final. Yeah, it could be. But I don't think it's anything outside of the realm of possibility. Whoa, look at this. It is real. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at this fucking thing. This is the little tiny fake bug. So how does this thing fly? So you... Oh, wow. Those things go so fast you can't even see it. So they move just like a real bug. 
like the same sort of thing. Printed circuit MEMS is a versatile process for creating machines at the millimeter scale. It can create complex electrical and mechanical systems using a variety of techniques. I don't see it flying. It's a process well suited to mass production. This seems like some... Enabling parallel manufacture hmm. of oh, large numbers of robotic devices. Sounds like an idea, again. Concept. Maybe. Concept. Mm. Yeah, they didn't show it fly. They just showed the wings buzzing. Which he could have just hooked up to a battery. Show me it flying, one. bitch. Yeah. Why would you show a, a, something that flies but not have it fly? That seems silly, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem right. But that uh, Boston Dynamics robot is real, and it looks like a soldier. It looks like Star Wars running through it. Look at that thing. Oh, it's so awful. Uh, there's a video also of it. This is just an animated GIF. but um, It's terrifying. It's, it's, uh, it's weird because it's hooked up right now to a giant tube in the back of it, but that's just for now. Is, aren't they owned by Google now or something like that? Boston Dynamics? Uh, Skynet, you mean? Yeah, uh, they're showing all the different robots right now in this video. My friend who worked for Google doesn't work for Google anymore, so now I can't find out when they're going to attack. Oh no! I was hoping that she could at least send me the bat signal if Skynet's going to go live and these robots are going to start attacking. But does she does she work somewhere better, like Apple or something like that? She moved to another corporation. That I'll tell you about later. Yeah. But look at this um, this thing walking on those uneven rocks. Oh shit! Oh, look at that! Look, it gets hit. It lifts its leg up. It checked the leg kick. Balance. That's a 20-pound ball that, that slammed into it, a 20-pound piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Or 20 kilograms, we don't know. Can you imagine these things during riots? They're just going to throw these robots out that are not going to have any real judgment skills. Just grab, you know, keep out. The real worry is that this is how we're going to do our wars. That these things are going to go into cities and just kill people. And this is robot versus robot until robots get to people and they decimate human populations. And then we, uh, that's the wars we have. We send robots to kill people. And then we sell, send robots to kill robots that are trying to kill people. And then we send our robots to kill the people that created the robots to kill the people. And then we got robot wars. Yeah. That's possible, man. 100%. It's going to start off pretty cool, though. Like, oh, my God, we're getting attacked, but it's a robot attack. And we have robots and we're just watching robots on TV or something. Yeah, for a little bit. So, Jamie, there is a video of it. Just look up Robotic Bees Could Change the World and then go to, uh, it's pretty far down, like maybe seven-eighths into the video. You'll see uh, this thing is attached for, with a very small wire, but it actually is flying. It's fucking crazy to look at, man. It's really weird. Go. It's a three-minute video, so go to about like 240-something. And you can see the actual uh, fake bug flying. But it's connected just like that robot is. It's connect, You know, the robot's co connected with a hose in the back mm -hmm. with wires. This is connected with a very small wire. But it's real. So it's not just a proof of concept. They just have to figure out a, a power source that makes sense. But they're not... As, the robot bees are fucking crazy and creepy, but... What's really creepy is, see that thing? Look at that thing flying. Wow, that's, that's real. Cool. I mean, it's mimicking a hummingbird or a bee. But look at it. Well, see, this is an actual bee, but look at it right there. I mean, that is flying. That's nuts, man. Um, here's what's scarier, though. Go to 10 incredible micro robots. This is fucking nuts, man. Wait to see this video. 
10 incredible micro robots. Um, micro and then dash robots. Top one. Yeah, that's it. Check this shit out. This is one style that flies around like little helicopters. Look at these fucking things, man. They come out of these boxes. So imagine that. You're, you're sitting in your office. This is fake, though, right? This is proof yeah. of content. So. That's CGI. Yeah, yeah. CGI. But look at some of these uh, ones that they're creating. These are all the different... Um, so this is self-organizing systems research lab from Harvard. These things organize, and they, they can figure out where to go. Like, look at this. Elapsed time, 11 hours. Elapsed time, 5 hours. And they form shapes. They go into certain positions. Look at this. One of wow. them climb up a wall. So some of these are prototypes. Some of these are proof of concept. Some of these are just theories. But these there's eggheads working on this stuff right now. So awesome. Did you see the uh, video of the uh, where they downloaded the brain of a worm and put it into a, a like a little Lego robot thing, and it's yeah. just like running around hitting walls and going upside down. I thought this. I watched it <sighs> yeah, twice. Get that. I watched it twice, and the first time I thought it was a woman's brain, and I was like, "Oh my god, did you see that they downloaded a woman's brain into a machine to my friend?" I'm like, "No, they did." I'm like, "Yeah," and I like pulled up, I'm like. Oh wait, it's just worm. But the whole time I thought you saw a woman instead of worm. Like, look how dumb this woman is. She's just hitting her. <laughs> well, she's a worm. She can't think. She's a Lego or whatever the yeah. fuck she is. But that's funny took, thinking. What do you think they would do if you put your brain in a Lego? <laughs> Definitely probably go in circles just, and hit a wall. It would just run over to a laptop and just research fat Jew all day. <laughs> just hanging out on MFC. <laughs> There's um, a bunch more in that uh, that video too. One of them is a typer. One of them uh, is typing with the uh, top 10 organizing ones. One of them is this little thing that goes over a piece of paper and uh, like, you know, a typewriter would do, but types it. So like you put a, a message in this little thing and then you put this little thing on a piece of paper and it will print out like a typewriter would what your message is, which is really weird. Yeah. You can see that one at like, um, let's see here. Yeah, check it out, Jamie. Oh, wow, Zufa Labs. How hilarious. I don't think it's the same Zufa. But it said, like, uh, 225. Go to 225. Look at this fucking thing, Brian. I mean, I think that typing is kind of... The idea of a typewriter is kind of outdated. There it is. Oh, oh look that's at this thing. cool. Look at that. It just floats across a piece of paper and writes what you wanted it to say. It was fucking very strange, right? Zuta Labs, not Zufa. But look at that. It's really neat. But it seems like that's old technology that's just not even c created yet. You know, that seems like that should have already been made. Like, like it seems what would be more like having paper that you could just take a flash and print it by just doing a like a Xerox machine almost, mm -hmm. where you're just flashing some paper like a negative photo or something. Well, that's 100% going to happen. Yeah. I think also what we were looking at earlier, the Cara Santa Maria thing, the 3D, they're going to be able to do that with just, you're going to take a video of something with your cell phone and be able to send it to Jamie, and Jamie will watch like Princess Leia, help me Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Yeah. That's going to happen. It's just, it's just a matter of us staying alive long enough to see things that we never thought could be real. It's not that far away. There's these people that we don't even know. You don't even know they're working on these things. Nobody knows of them, but yet they are like that close to going public. And they're fucking, everybody has to swipe key cards before they go in the building. They check your bag. They make sure you don't bring your phone. Your phone has to go into a bucket when you go into the, into the laboratory because this is all proprietary shit. 
they're checking their they probably have those fucking fake buttons that are really cameras and shit let me see your glasses what do you want to see those fucking glasses glasses now they have glasses with little tiny cameras in them that are like so hard to see if you look at your selfie camera look how little that goddamn lens is mm-hmm. like the selfie one like the one on the back is tiny right look at my iphone here but the one on the front is fucking stupid tiny it's so little and it's good it's really good i mean look how good a selfie camera is i mean they they do a fucking incredible job of capturing your image like look at this Look at that. Yeah. That's a tiny ass little little pinpoint camera. And it's got everyone in this room to the point where you could broadcast Periscope from this thing that's like a Sharpie. If you took a Sharpie and dotted a page with it, just dot, that's how big that camera is. And yet it's crystal clear. So that could be in your button. That could be in any, if they're not physically patting you down. You could easily have something like that going on. Yeah, the one I use in massage parlors looks like a car hey, car alarm. See, you're on the air. Keychain. Oh, the fuck, man. But it's a video. It films uh, 1080p. Uh, you don't film massage parlors, do you? No. Good. I mean the one. Shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up. But no, it's uh, it's like actually just looks like a little keychain, but it does f- it does 1080p. Like it, you, it has a little memory card. You just put it in your computer, and next thing you know, it's just like, oh, you got full video. You just well, put it on the nightstand next to it, point it towards the yeah. girl. Hats, anything. That's really illegal, though. I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't do it. That's the only reason I'm you saying. Don't. <laughs> but you think about what you could do that with. I mean, yeah. belts would be an easy one, right? Because you could actually hide the battery and everything in the belt. You could literally hide the whole thing in a belt. They would have to give you your own outfit. They would have to make you come into the lab. You have to take off all your clothes, put them in a locker, and then wear some scrub suit that they provide you. Remember that movie, uh, New Jack City, where they're making cocaine naked? Titties. Yeah. Titties out. That's how they had to do it, because they didn't trust anybody. People would leave with the product. That's the same thing with these, these laboratories that are about to go live with all this crazy technology. They have to take every precaution possible to make sure that people don't go public with their stuff. Because for every that's one of the things about big inventions, whether it's the light bulb or the telephone, when these things are being worked on, there's usually a bunch of other people working on the exact same thing. Like scientific minds. Here's the thing about like innovative minds or brilliant people. They don't work in a vacuum. For every Nikola Tesla who comes up with shit completely independent of other people's thoughts, there's most people, what their ideas are based on is based on the ideas of a bunch of other people that are sort of like extrapolated to uh, a, a point that maybe a few people saw coming. You know, whether it's uh, the idea of a telephone or the idea of holograms or 3D printers or all these different things. It's like people kind of see it coming and they're all working on it. And then this one Thomas Edison motherfucker comes out with that light bulb and everybody's like, wow, he's a genius. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb and America was changed. Where would we be for not the work of this great man? Well, there's probably about five other dudes that were working on it exactly the same time. That's sort of what always happens with this stuff. So a lot of it becomes a rush to getting the funding and getting the patents and then figuring out how to get it produced. But there's usually probably a bunch of people working on similar shit. So like right now, when you see this stuff, like these little micro robots, when you see those big crazy Boston Dynamic robots and you see artificial intelligence, and this is all stuff that they're going public with, they're probably so close in so many different labs developing something that's really gonna make you shit your pants. Right? I got one I saw today. Uh, What'd you see? 
some <gasps> researchers have got a pig heart to work inside of a primate for 945 days. And that's something they didn't think was actually possible before. Whoa. And they've got a kidney working for 136 days. And it says Whoa. that they're probably geoengineering some of these pigs to be better to suit human organ transplants. Whoa. Well, here's something um, that uh, Dr. Gordon, Mark Gordon, told me about that um, I was telling him about the success that I had with getting stem cells shot on my shoulder. It's kind of creeping me out. Like, my shoulder still makes kind of some clicks. It does some weird clicking stuff. And, um, you know, I, I kind of feel it, but I can't say there's any pain. And I'm, I'm practicing archery every day. So I'm shooting arrows with it. So I'm pulling back. This new bow I have is only 70 pounds, but I'm pulling back 70 pounds 100 times a day, every day, and it's not hurting. Like the next day, it, hurt, it like feels like a little, like something's going on with it, but it doesn't hurt, whereas it would definitely be hurting before. Before the uh, stem cells, and like lifting weights doesn't bother it, like chin-ups don't bother it, rows don't bother it, all these push-ups don't bother it, all these different things that bothered it used to bother it, and it's only been four weeks. What's freaking me out is how quick it is. I talked to Daniel Cormier, he's a UFC light heavyweight champ, same shit with the Askers next to champ. But um, the same shit, he had an MCL tear, got some uh, stem cells shot in there, bam, no more swelling, feels great. They don't even know how it works. They have ideas of how it works, but they're not really sure how it's working. They, these are non-specific cells, and these cells go to the injured area, and they somehow or another know what's injured through the immune system or something, the utilization of... Uh, these stem cells causes injuries to heal way quicker than it ever did before. And Dr. Gordon was telling me about this guy who got in a car accident, gets his chest crushed, okay, on the steering wheel, down to 30% heart capacity, and he's fucked. Can't have sex anymore, can, can barely walk. I mean, he's just severely, severely diminished. Gets some stem cells shot into his heart, bam, back to 100%. Wow. Just a few months. Like, what? <clears throat> a few months? A few months and his fucking heart's working at 100% now. And this is like, apparently this is going on all over the world. Like they're just going, wait, what, 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 what? Like they're just starting to experiment. But that's really what's happening. It's experiments. Because they don't exactly know why this shit works. They have some theories and they're trying it out, but a lot of people are real cautious about it. But they're having some pretty incredible results with stem cells. To the point where it makes you wonder. Like, what are they going to have in five years from now? Because they didn't even have this ten years ago. Ten years ago, someone if you told someone you got stem cells shot in an injury, they'd be like, what are you, from the future? The fuck I, are you talking I, about? Yeah, but I wonder if there's also, because you're adding something new to the body that's kind of foreign, if that passes on through DNA or, you know, mm. like, like in the future. Like, like, a clever question. Like, you have, like, a baby that has, like, an extra face or something to it? Or... I don't think it works like that. It's just, a, it's a, there's cells that are natural to your body mm -hmm. um they can do it that way or they can do it with placenta that's how i did it mine mine was from human placenta from chicks who've had cesarean sections they take their placenta um you did know, you get they, to choose the girl no i did not i don't think they would let you creep <laughs> but they also can take it out of your fat you can have some of mine no i don't want your fat <laughs> my fat the idea is you use your own <laughs> Would you get lipo? Yeah. What if, if a guy was like a lipo surgeon and contacted the show and said, uh, I would like to give Brian Redband some free lipo? You know, I would totally do it because uh, I... Uh, I'm lazy? No, uh, I've noticed that really the older I get, the, the more 
the round the the muffin top thing mm. has nothing to do with you drinking every night. Nah, not. <laughs> I mean it's all diet coke. <laughs> sodium diet coke, sodium, alcohol, sodium. sodium. Uh, Don't fucking bother me. Yeah. I mean, there's something going. I know. I, I only eat once a day, so it's so weird that I even have any issue at all. But I want. I really wonder if I just quit Dude, drinking. Alcohol. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I only drink diet sodas, and so it's like uh, Jack Daniels, whatever calories is in Jack Daniels I'm having. But if you only eat one a day, you have calories to burn. It's not like I'm just going <laughs> eating hot dogs. Well, you have a sedentary <laughs> lifestyle. You like sitting and not doing anything. Absolutely laying. It's yeah, laying, it's sitting. even better than sitting. sitting. Rough. It's too hard. You got to stay yeah, up. Yeah, I had to stay up. <laughs> Sit up. Why do that when you can just lay sideways? You went, when you broke up with one of your girlfriends back in the day, the one where you went on this rampage and lost all their weight. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you were, like, fucking determined to look good. Mm -hmm. You decided, like, this is it. I'm tired of being fat and waddling around everywhere. That was I'm 10 fucking... years ago, too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, oh, so, so you feel like it's harder now because you're 41 Yeah, yeah 31? Yeah, that, that changed, like, maybe five years ago where I'm just like, holy shit. Like, the energy was already low to begin with. Now I wake up tired. Mm. So that or I have uh, sleep, nap sleep apnea. Because I really do wake up just going like, okay, I just need to stay awake enough to go to Starbucks. And then Starbucks doesn't seem like it works. And... The problem with finding out if you have sleep apnea is you got to go through one of those sleep studies. And those are annoying. Right. You I've saw been... that picture of me where I have all those electrodes stuck to my head. I had it on my blog somewhere. It's probably still up there, but it was, uh, I had these electrodes stuck all over my head and like, like around my eyes and shit. And then you, uh, you try to sleep in this fucking weird bed in some weird room. I had the hardest time sleeping, but once I did, I was choking. Like clearly they could tell like when you're, when you, there it is. There's yeah. me covered up with, uh. See, I did the, the, the home unit version of that. I just put a drop cam next to my bed and I had it, uh, tell me anytime it hears noises uh, or movement, and then it would records it in the clouds. So then I can just go back and be like, "Oh, there's a noise here. Oh, that's me snoring, mm -hmm. or that's me moving." And I noticed that I, I mean, I've been doing it for like a couple months. That uh, that it's mostly I'll snore on nights that I heavily drink or something like that. But it's always uh, at the beginning of my sleep, and then I just it's only for like a half hour or so. So it's not the whole night going. <laughs> Like that or anything like that, but well, heavily when you're drunk and really exhausted. When I'm really exhausted, I snore horrible, right? <clears throat> like the worst. Like uh, on one of these hunting trips that I went on, me and Steve Runella had to haul this pig down the side. Well, it, I sh shot this pig and it rolled down the side of a hill, and it was really far down the hill, and the hill was ridiculously steep, like this. I mean, like you couldn't right. walk up it; you had to crawl up the hill. You could you could crawl up it. But you literally couldn't stand up straight. I mean, it was just that steep. And it was a big pig. It was like 200-plus pound pig. So the pig goes rolling down the side of this hill, and we had to figure out how to get it up the hill. So we attached it to these cables, and we had the, this truck pull it. But the cables were rubbing on the rocks uh, on the hill, and they kept snapping. The cable snapped twice, and the pig came rolling back down, and then we had to stop the pig from rolling down. So then the guide... Uh, from the Tahone Ranch said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to roll the pig downhill. going to roll the pig downhill, and uh, um, I think if you just roll it downhill, you'll get down to the road at the bottom, and I'll, I'll just drive around and pick you up the road. So we figured, oh, okay, probably won't be that far. <clears throat> he totally misjudged. So um, 
not only that, I shot this pig with like five minutes left of light. So it was like if it gets dark at 6 o'clock, I shot the pig at 5.55. So all this stuff we're doing at, in dark. And this is a place, the Tahone Ranch, that has a, um, they have a, a trail camera that picks up movement, takes photographs. So they have this water hole. They got pictures of 16 different mountain lions in this one water hole. And it's just me and Ranella with one gun. He doesn't even, I don't think he even had a gun with him. I think it was just me and him. One gun, 16 mountain lions, and a dead pig. <laughs> and we're rolling it down this hill. But you could only go so far because we got to this point where it was just like so heavily wooded. We had to cut up the pig and then we had to carry it out. So we have to, uh, we had to gut this pig. We take out the heart because you, you eat the heart. And um, we got rid of the rest of the organs. And he put one half on his shoulder. I put one half on my shoulder. And then we had to carry this thing the rest of the way. So we're carrying it for miles through the woods. And the woods are like, it's super steep hills. You get to the bottom, you're trying to climb over logs. I mean, it's fucked. And it takes hours. So from 6 p.m. to midnight, this is what we did. We just carried this. We each had 100 pounds on our back, climbing over woods and trying to figure out how to get to the fucking where this truck is we finally get to where this truck is we got back to the, the the cabin and just conked out and apparently i snored so bad that everybody else in the building didn't sleep wow. i went out like i got shot with a tranquilizer dart even i even had a mouthpiece and i had a shitty one at the time do you I have a better one now do you have have you ever tried those nose strips does those work or you... that's not that's not gonna help no. that, i had already had my nose fixed by then it mm. wasn't that it's just my when you uh it's a big issue with uh weightlifters um, your neck gets big, your hole gets smaller. Like the air hole actually gets smaller. And I have a big tongue. And so my tongue, I don't mean to brag. Oh my God, so you got a, a tight got a throat and a nice big tight, I got fat a tight throat tongue. and a fat tongue. And my fat tongue, would fall, if I'm lying on my back especially, falls over the hole, the air hole, and it just it chokes. And so it's like... <laughs> Apparently that's what it sounds like. I never listened to my snore, but I've it, heard you snore before. It's bad. Yeah, I remember you snored on when we went to Japan. Did I? <laughs> oh, did I not have my mouthpiece in when I went to sleep? I don't remember. I just remember on the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. They they killed a mountain lion on the five freeway the other day. Good. Kill from, them all from the Santa Monica Fucking mountains. Cunts. People are too happy about those things being around. They're cute though. They're cool looking. They just shouldn't be around people. Boob, you shouldn't be around where they are. Shut up. I hate that fucking line of thinking. That, that is an annoying line of thinking. They're dangerous. Mountain lions will fuck you up. If you've never seen a picture of someone who got bit by a mountain lion, there was some poor lady who was on uh, one of the news shows, and uh, it was so graphic. She had been attacked by a mountain lion on her bike, pulled her off of her bike. Someone else tried to beat the thing off of her, and it just had a hold of her head and just tore her face apart. I mean, it was just, it was awful. There was a, a video on HuffPost of uh, a woman's beautiful lullaby to her sick pig. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but it's one of those videos that I'm just like, it's the most cutest, like, human-looking eyes uh, I've ever seen in my life. Do you... Well, that's the thing about pigs. I mean, it's coming from someone who just shot one or just told you about a, a time I shot one. Yeah. Pigs are really smart, man. They're smart. And they kill them like vermin in Texas. I mean, in Texas, they shoot them out of airplanes. They're they're constantly fucking shooting them out of airplanes. There's 
Yeah. Aww. This, I mean, if you play, she, it. She, the, this poor pig is uh, blind, and she rescued this pig, and so it has to stay in this hospital. And I Hold guess on, Jamie, you have two things playing at the same time. It has to stay in this hospital, and I guess that one of the things is is that. Uh, there's so many loud noises at the hospital that it gets scared, and and uh, so she comes there when she can and sings to it, and it's just one of those videos you just sit there going, I, I, I don't want to eat bacon. Or, never mind, I, just, I may still eat bacon, but <sighs> it's hard. Bacon's good. It's good. But... Bacon's good, but it is. It's just weird, man. It looks like an old. Is that man. noise in the background? Her? Yeah, this is at a hospital. Oh. I mean, that looks like a human. This is annoying as fuck. <laughs> Stop that. It's almost like a joke. Let's see if you listen to this song with the sound of tractor trailers <laughs> right. falling off cliffs in the background. It's an old Irish lullaby she's singing, but it it's uh, it's a nine-month-old 14-pound uh, piglet. piglet that's... Uh, Two million views. If that was an African baby, 50 views. Right. <laughs> it's true, man. People are brutal. There was a picture of this fucking vulture that someone posted. You know, it was a meme. I don't think... Uh, it wasn't funny, so Fat Jewish didn't use it, but it was a meme of a vulture hovering over a black baby in Africa waiting for this kid to die. And uh, it was about how many people cared about this lion, but how few people care about the amount of people that starve to death every year in Africa. Yeah. Justin Wren is going to be on the podcast again soon. He's fighting for Bellator now, and uh, he's back on the podcast, I think, in a week or so. I gotta, I gotta go check the calendar. But he's he's back soon to uh, talk about his. Uh, yeah, that's what the twenty fourth, a week from today. To talk about black widow babies. He's fighting um, for Bellator, and one of the reasons why he's doing it is to try to raise awareness for the pygmies. He's such an amazing dude. He's like he's a real deal. Like I always look for like people like that. I always think like maybe somewhere along the line he'll reveal himself, and it turns out that he was really just doing this for his own profit. And he's but he's not. I don't think that about him, but you think that about someone usually when they have some big, like remember T Coney 2012. <laughs> One of my favorite times. Whacking it, whacking it, whacking. The guy was. Uh, well, explain why you say whacking it because the guy was in. Uh, he was putting together this ridiculous thing to go after Joseph Coney and you know letting everybody know what a horrible person Coney was. And then something happened to homeboy. He wound up losing his mind and was in his underwear running around in traffic in San Diego, beating off in front of people. And that was the end of Coney. Like, you, you can't, you have to be a perfect person. You can't have a great cause and also be a nut because then people just immediately dismiss your cause. We never heard a peep out of Joseph Coney ever since. It was Coney 2012. Here he is. He's totally naked. <sighs> Crank this up so we can hear this guy. What the f He's running around naked and he's clapping. <laughs> what do you think he was on? That's. Oh, he's, first of all, he's gayer than the day is long. There's no way you could even pretend to be that gay, like faking it. Yeah, I don't know. That seems like alcohol and Molly, maybe. 
I think that's like some serious drugs. I think that's like a meth move. Yeah. You know, that's like a methy sort of behavior. Running around slapping concrete and angry at everybody. That's all methy. Yeah, it's methy. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it seems methy is <laughs> it's more popular than I ever thought it would was. Like, it seems like I learned more about people doing meth and heroin in this city than I've ever thought was actually real life yeah meth is super popular yeah. meth is real popular and and adderall is real popular too and you talk to doctors and they say there's not that much difference it depends on how much you're taking but meth and, and we associate meth with addiction and we associate meth with addiction and shitty behavior like you're going to take meth you're definitely going to go out and get whacked out and do a bunch of stupid shit that's not necessarily the case some people do meth and they're fine like, they get cranked up, and then the next day they feel like shit, but they don't do it every day. Whereas we only think of meth by the people that, quote-unquote, abuse meth. Imagine if meth became something like alcohol, where you could just go buy it. Like, if you run into someone, like, if you're at a park, and you run into some dude, and he's hammered, like, oh, great, a fucking drunk. That's annoying. Why is that any different than running someone who's methed out? Like, there's people that can drink, like you, Jamie, you can drink, and you're fine. I've seen you a little silly. But you don't get crazy. But we all know someone, Any, I mean, every group of people knows at least one person that can't drink. They drink. Nervous. Yeah, they go, they go off. Whoever it is, they go off the rails. They get crazy. <clears throat> and if you ran into that person in a park and they're like, man, fuck these bitches, you know, running around drunk, you'd be like, oh, great, a drunk. Maybe that's the same thing with, with meth. Maybe you do meth and you'd be like all fucking speedy and you'd clean your house up. But. You'd be the same guy the next day. You'd be like, ah, I did some good meth last night. I got a little fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, we associate, like, if you do meth, you're off the rails, out of your fucking mind, done. Like, Jesus, Brian's doing meth. Oh, no. But what if alcohol was illegal, but meth was legal? And, you know, you know what Brian did last night? He got drunk. No fucking way. He was drinking alcohol? What an idiot. And you're out there drinking booze, getting fucked up, which is totally normal to us. But it's only normal because it's a society-sanctioned drug. What if meth is just as good or bad for you, or just as, just as problematic as alcohol is? It's just not sanctioned, so we don't think about it that way. We only associate it with those people fucking claw their face off and lose their teeth and shit. Is that what people were referring to as speed in like the 80s, mm -hmm. or is that something else? Yeah, That's it's, all, it it's all amphetamines. Okay. Different types and schedule, different uh, classifications of amphetamines. But like that was a big thing in professional pool, was guys would uh, play on amphetamines. They'd play for Stay 24, away. 48 hours. They would play until the other guy dropped. And they would, uh, they would gamble the entire time. And apparently when you're on amphetamines, you can see things better. Like, you see, like, the path of the ball's better. You see, like, where the ball's going to go. Like someone described it to me that, that used to do meth. And he said, when you play pool on meth, you know, you look at a ball, and the ball looks circular. When I would play on meth, he said, I would see flat surfaces. So I'd see, like, a series of flat surfaces around the ball. And now I'd know exactly what flat surface to hit. So the ball collisions... Like when you play pool, if you look at a ball and you're trying to cut a ball in the side pocket, you're just kind of estimating where the ball is going to collide with the other ball. And that collision point, you have to assume there's going to be 
like a little bit of friction. It's going to move the ball off the line a little bit, especially if you're cutting a ball. So you got to kind of compensate that, and you add a little spin to it to try to compensate for the deflection. So there's all these variables that you have to kind of like play on feel. He said it wasn't on feel. He said when he was on meth, he would see like flat surfaces. So he knew that this flat surface had to collide with that flat surface, and it would make like a direct tangent line that would go into the pocket. And I was like, how come you can't see that when you're sober? He's like, I can't even describe to you what it's like. He's like, but when I'm, when I'm fucked up on meth, I would see like flat surfaces instead of a curve. There's probably a way to mimic that using some kind of eyewear, you know? <laughs> yeah, probably. But I, maybe not, because I think what he's seen is a hallucination. What he's seen is like, yeah, I can fucking do it. You know, it's like you, you get confidence. And the balls are heads. It's been big in baseball forever. Yeah. Like forever, forever. Makes sense, right? Like you would be able to see the ball coming at you yeah. quicker, and you may be able to see the edges of the ball better. Somebody, somebody did say that um, when they were on meth. Like someone was talking about uh, Adderall, not on meth, but Adderall, that they could see the stitches of the ball as it's coming towards them. What? Well, all that stuff was invented to make people better. See, that's weird. All, all these things that, you know, like meth and amphetamines, they're all designed to give you more energy and make you better at certain tasks. But we just associate them with abuse because they're illegal. Be weird. Look, if Adderall and meth really are that close, and no one in this room is smart enough to understand whether that they are, but if they really are, and no one in this room has done meth, right? Is that true, Brian? Uh, I don't think so. But you've done Adderall, right? Yeah, yeah. I wish you did both. Wait, meth? You snort? <laughs> you might have. I think I feel like I've done it before. Well, you could smoke it. You could smoke it. You could snort it. The idea is to get it directly into your bloodstream, right? If you're taking the Adderalls, you're taking them as a pill, so it has to go through your body. People snort those, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do. Well, that was one of the things that the Bigger, Stronger, Faster guy had said, that when they, they changed Oxycontins and made them to where you couldn't smoke them or snort them, when you crushed them and turned them into a pill, their profit margin jumped or dropped by, like, 80%, you, he said. I think it happened after they were here that it's been approved for 11-year-olds mm -hmm. and it did happen. over now. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking fuck. Oxycontins for 8- to 11-year-olds. Cool. Because everybody knows. That's why Sesame Street's on HBO now, man. Shit's changing quick. I'm going to do some math. And <laughs> Sesame <laughs> Street's going to have seven. swearing in it. Yeah. Muppets are going to fuck. <laughs> Finally, Burton and Ernie are taking a bath together. But yeah, Burton and Ernie. Different man. reasons. How long have those guys been hiding their true love? Totally. Like in those shows, like you could have like two dudes that are obviously adults live together and nobody questions, where's the girls? They don't, these guys aren't, aren't into girls? Like, Bert and Ernie never talked about chicks. They just hung out together. I'm, got, su I'm, surprised, we, each other. I'm surprised we don't like homeless people more, because we all loved Oscar the Grouch, you know? And we kind of grew up as a young kid, you know, loving Oscar the Grouch. But then we got older, we are like, ew, it's Oscar, get out of here. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, by the way, those are uh, <laughs> red so velvet mites, what I was talking about earlier. Those oh, okay. red dots that uh, are around. They're very small. Yeah, you were saying orange. I was getting confused. All right, we'll wrap this bitch up. We're out of time here. Um, be back tomorrow with Jeff Nowitzki. Jeff Nowitzki is a guy who busted Lance Armstrong. And uh, he now works for the UFC. He's a the UFC drug guy. He's going to clean up the sport. I'm going to find out how. Uh, Jeff Ross will be here on Wednesday. Should be Ooh. fun. Jeff Ross's um, uh, documentary or his uh, 
comedy special, Comedy Central special, where he roasts prisoners. It's awesome. It's amazing. And he really did go right into prison and, you know, and, and he wrote a really interesting thing that I retweeted about it that he wrote, I think he wrote it for HuffPost, about like how crazy the, the prison system is and and we'll, we'll let him talk about it. I don't want to go into it. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be at the Ice House. Brian Redband will be there. Yeah. Brian Cowan will be there. I'll be there. More people to come. I, I got a few other people that texted me during the show. That uh, Those tickets will be available soon. I'll put them up on Twitter in about 20 minutes. Uh, this uh, next Saturday, uh, I'm in Austin, but it's sold the fuck out. So you snooze, you lose, freak bitches. Sorry. Uh, you got any dates coming up? Uh, next Wednesday, uh, we got the secret show at the uh, Comedy Store Belly Room. It's a good Belly Room version of the show that we do. Oh, it's going to be huge. Best. The Belly Room's the best. Yeah. And then Friday, next Friday, August 28th, I'll be at the Ventura Comic Con. Uh, I'm doing a show there at the Hong Kong Inn in uh, Ventura, California. Tickets are on sale right now. And DeskWad.tv for all Brian Redband's t-shirts and shit. All sent through Stamps.com. Yes. But with his own greasy little hands. If you want to frame him for murder, you can get some DNA off of the packages. <laughs> Somebody, he actually licks each and every one of those yeah, it's envelopes. True. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes I like I'll throw a shirt in there and I, like, something else goes in the package by mistake. Um, Sorry. Fuck you, fat Jew. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Anything else? Uh, write Amazon and all the people that Fat Jew gets money from and tell them what you think about Fat Jew. Get it together, fella. You don't have to live like this. You, you could come up with your own stuff. Um, that's it, right? Anything else we got going on? That's basically it. All right. We'll see you guys soon. That's it. Good night. Bye-bye. Right. Big kiss. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs>